Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, niggas. I am Mike Todd's ponytail. Oh, no. Get out of here. Are you extended? It's extensions. Are we talking about? It's not. You're not real. What are we, what are we getting at here? I feel, a, I feel a grace for more. I'm going to be me. I'm Brian here. <laughs> we are your favorite friendly neighborhood constant Negroes back for another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast, your favorite podcast where yep. we talk about all the things, but particularly mm-hmm. we talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the pump and circumstance of being black millennials trying to figure it out. Brian, how yes. look at my glasses fogging up? I'm having a hot flash. What is going on? It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, shot. Pentecost is on its way. It's on the way. You see, I got my towel. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> My God, you, you preaching soon? I, I feel that you know you got the towel. You got um, ready to preach. Oh no 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 no! This is just to catch any perspiration <laughs> that mm-hmm. may want to show up on this here on this here uh, podcast. How you doing though? I'm doing wonderful. How, how about yourself? I'm just wonderful. It ain't a great day to be black. It is a great day to be black, but I just you know I was gonna sing a song. <laughs> okay, well go ahead. If you got a song in your heart, go ahead. I'm here for a selection. <laughs> I love the Lord, and I won't take it. I back. won't take it back. I, I love take back the a Lord lot of things from you, and niggas, I, but I won't take it back. I love the Lord, and I won't take it back. He Why, has Brian? been so <laughs> good to me, so good. So good, so good, so very good, <laughs> so very good. Uh, it's always a great day to be black, man. God has been so good to us, uh, even on our worst days. God is still great. Worst days, God is still great. Glad to be in the mm-hmm. land of the living. Um, you know, we're alive. Who said now we ship champagne on our worst days? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> that's the Biggie Smalls. <laughs> oh, so that's what I did. listen. Uh, a modern day prophet. <laughs> We, I think we birthdays was the worst day, but now we ship champagne when we thirsty. Like that's yeah, that's a. Bar. I knew it was something like, like that. Hey, listen, ain't it? <laughs> right, birthdays was the worst day. Like you, your what's supposed to be the best day of the year was, was the worst, worst, the day, worst of the day. day. And, and now then when you're thirsty, you, you just go, grab some moed or something. Listen, mighty God. <laughs> Or just just when you just thirst any day. So every day is a great day. So it's always a great day to be black. Look, look how we was putting the things together. Ooh, you know, and I'm getting my electric lights back. <laughs> this is Gatorade. <laughs> this episode is not sponsored by Gatorade. However, it is blessing me right now. Brian, I got a question. The Lord is blessing me. Yep. Right now. Oh, oh right now. Right he now. woke me up this morning. You got me started. <laughs> Started mm-hmm. me on my way. The Lord. <laughs> What is blessing me? When? Right now. <laughs> ah, right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Pentecost is God is blessing me right now. Uh, that's so good. It's so good. The but, love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm done. But I have a question. Okay, go for it. Where is um? Where is LeBron and AD them at? They are on vacation. Oh, they're at home. <laughs> they're at home. They're at home with, with John Tavius and Stephen Adams, and mm-hmm. uh, we're all at the, home. All all, all the people that are at home. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel? You know, 
Um, so after game one, I did not have a good feeling about the series. Okay. Um, so I didn't watch the rest of the series. I, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was just like, nah, I'm not doing it to myself. Got a protected piece. But yeah. yeah. For those that you may or may not know, I'm like a diehard Laker fan. Like it he is, is, it he is, is life for me. Lakers are life. Um, since I was mm-hmm. a little, little, little lad. I've loved mm. the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> not the Clippers. Uh, not to be mistaken not, for a Clippers fan. N- n- never. Um, so, you know, I just couldn't do it. So, shouts out to Chris Moore. You know, he gave me the insights on the game and stuff like that. Because I couldn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't mm. take myself to watch it. I was checking scores here and there. And then the Lakers will be up. And then they'll be getting up. Oh. I'm going I'm to cuss you out to my teeth on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you <laughs> oh man, okay. <laughs> See now Steven Adams them now. They might be at home, but wasn't no broom behind them. That's, that's what I do know. Man of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't win one game. And Not they one. was up by almost twenty at halftime on this last one, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I that was like and a recurring theme. The Lakers be up and then just blow the lead and my God, yeah, yeah uh, at home even. Yeah, I don't know. My God, was no know. matter of cryptocurrency <laughs> there to save them from the demise that was Game Four. Yeah, my God, no other team got swept in this in the play. Have any other team got swept in this playoffs yet? I don't think so. Mm-mm. My God, Mm-mm. precedence for twenty twenty three. My God, record breaking even. Mm-hmm. My God! I'm gonna let you God. have this. LeBron can do score forty points. Still can do it. Yeah, but that's the thing. I'm gonna say this though. <laughs> LeBron, he's he's notorious for. Um, and I love LeBron, but if you see it, and you know, I'm not knocking. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. when is the opportunity where it feels like they go out to lose? Like this nigga, he runs up his the scoreboard. Like he'll run up his stats because then he'll be like, "Nigga, it wasn't my fault. I scored forty. Like you know. So if you look at anytime there's an opportunity for like the Lakers about to lose a big game. Yeah. And he feels like they coming out flat. He gonna get his numbers, mm-hmm. and then so this so if you look at the box score, it's like well you know I scored forty like he did. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't do nothing else. So but the two be, points that could have at least took it to overtime, he didn't make. Sorry to that man. Sorry to that man. Sorry to that team. We have welcome. A, you know, I, I, I'm with my greater conversation. I, I have a greater conversation, uh, and I'm, okay. I'm, I'm I'm giving mine to to Bubba Dub. So but okay. just to let you okay. know, oh. <laughs> I can only imagine what that's gonna be like. But yeah, that's My you know, God. that's it. All right. Well, do you have a black mm-hmm. ask moment? That wasn't the song of the week. I got a song of the uh-uh. week, but it was appropriate. I don't have a black ask moment. Not this week. Okay. Not this week. Okay. I'm, well, you know, I'm in mourning, even though you know I'm not. I'm gonna I'm I'm pull a you this week. Not, okay. Not give no random crazy song. <laughs> <laughs> not doing that but i am going to do something that's in theme you know sometimes i just go with on my heart okay um but i'm gonna go with some theme today um if you saw the title of the episode did you kind of have an idea of what's going on here i can mm-hmm. if the lord will, the lord ascended to me oh i do have a black ass moment okay go ahead while i get the song of the week okay so black ass moment uh mm-hmm. uh questions and conversations concerning black culture and community maybe critical or comedic okay so <coughs> on the socials this week, okay, Pastor, I'm gonna use this word loosely, Dietrich Haddon was celebrating mm. his birthday. My God, I didn't even see it, but I've heard, I've heard. And his wife, he and his wife are dancing. Uh huh. She backs it up on him, and they just dancing like we do. Like I've done. I'm sure you probably have done with your wife, right? Um, and people are giving the man of God 
a hard time in the comments by saying that it was out. It's outrageous. Pastors shouldn't do this. Um, you know, that's the world. Blase, blase. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, people of the court, you know, you know, people's court. Right. How do you feel about your pastor one dancing? Right. Two, if your first lady was backing it up on your pastor or dropping it low on your pastor, how would you feel? Not in don't think about your per, your personal pastor and think about, you know, if they're old or nothing like that, but do you feel it's out of order for a pastor and wife to dance uh and for her to like, you know, twerk on her husband? I'm gonna just say this. It's stuff like this that make me think I the Lord don't want me to pastor in this area. <laughs> Not at all. And I'm going to just say that. <laughs> all right. I'm going to leave that to y'all to debate in the comments. Right. <laughs> because I ain't got nothing for you. I, and, and listen, I don't even put on the cape for Dietrich Hatton. Uh, not, I, not, not one cape. Listen, him and his sinner's prayer can stay right where they are. <laughs> but, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the man of God. But, but I find no fault. <laughs> and then what Pilate said, I find no Give me some water. So I, we sang an old song back in Rock of Ages that said, um, I find no fault. In God, he's wonderful. <laughs> I find no fault in him. Mm -hmm. They took my blessed savior. <laughs> Ooh, I ain't going to go down that road because that thing will bless me real good. Mm -hmm. All, All right. right. Uh, so you ready for the song of the week? I am ready. All right. Let's get into it. Let's just do it real quick. It's, it's, it's in thing. Okay. You know, it's, it's, I think it'll bless the people. All right, that is Daddy's Home, well, uh, excuse me, Poppy's Home, actually, mm, by Poppy. Aubrey Graham, <laughs> better known as Drake, Drake, Canadian Poppy. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. We love Drake around here. Brian says that that is his spirit animal. Spirit <laughs> so, animal. Listen. We love we love Drake around here. Hey, Drake just made a record. <laughs> I think he's the first artist to get like 80 billion or something crazy number streams on Spotify or streaming or something like that. Uh, so shout out Drake. I don't, I don't doubt it. I do have a question. Shout out Drake. Speaking yeah, of like breaking records and stuff like that, who listens to The Weeknd? Now, I will tell you this. When the man of God was talking about not feeling his face, I ran them numbers up. <laughs> 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 I'm going to tell you that. That song had a, that song had a, and I know you get the best of me when it's above and young. That thing had a, that thing had a choke on me. I don't, I don't Weeknd. Mm -hmm. But. You know, and that song is actually you know. pretty toxic and scary. However, it's, it's catchy. And you get me going. <laughs> it but the, pe the people love the weekend. They do. They I don't, the I'm just wondering no who, who loves the weekend because it's like he be putting up crazy numbers, like and, and he's goat throat, goat throat. Oh, I did not like the weekend. Yeah, I don't, but, and then that's, yeah, and that Super Bowl performance kind of confirmed it. That thing was weird. If that's what a concert is, then. <laughs> The mighty God. Um, anyway, right. enough about people who attempt to be black but really aren't. We're going to go into some real black excellence. <laughs> Brian, are you ready? I I'm so ready. <laughs> let's let's do it. Yeah. 
All right, we're here at the Blessed Report where we shout out black folks doing great black things. And we love to celebrate black people. We wake up every day celebrating black people. We yes. patronize black people, not yes. just doing Black History Month. Yeah. 365, 24 7. We shout out black folks and we patronize black businesses. Oh, yes. Um, Josh is black. I'm black. I'm black. <clears throat> we're doing, we doing the black fraternity. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> go to black churches. Yeah. You know. I got a black pastor. Let me say this. We got, since yes. we talking. <laughs> I'm all about inclusivity and white people don't bother me most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I can't no white man ever or woman ever be my pastor. I just Not can't a chance. do it. I Not just, a Brian, chance. Brian, I just can't do it. I'm sorry. Not I just, I can't sit. I, and I enjoy Furtick. Joe Osteen, I respect what he's done for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the other, you know, some of the other whites who are out here preaching the Lord's word. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't be my pastor. And that's not a chance. And what did Big no. Mama say about them not cutting her leg and soul food? And that's <laughs> that, Terry. And that's it. <laughs> I'm, I can't do it. I couldn't do that. Nope. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody that does. I also, mm-hmm. I really want to know why though. Like, what is mm-hmm. it that, you know, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a whole conversation. For Could you do a Latin X pastor? I can do a Latin X over, uh, um, <laughs> But also, it's gonna be based off of like what is there in this day and age. You know, a lot of other than black pastors, people okay. might might say it, but there's a lot of uh, uh, undertoning of like political patriotism in a lot mm-hmm. of non-black churches. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really rock with that. I it don't. Is, and the black church is one of my safe communal spaces. Yeah, and I just I don't, I don't know. I don't want. Th- I ain't gonna say I don't want to integrate because I don't care who joins, but in, but in yeah. terms of my leadership, I'm sorry. No, I, just, I don't. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I, and even, I even prefer a pastor that has a career, right? Like I just. Or had one. Or yeah. had one. Mm-hmm. Some, there's, there's a certain level of criteria that I have for like a, a person I'm going to follow. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And they got to look like me, had to have had a career at some point. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know why we're on this, uh, you know, had to have gone, you know, put some work into their to their craft in terms mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. something, you know, something. Yeah. Just had to put some work in somewhere. Um, yeah. I hear yeah, cause, cause cause like, I, 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 Listen, we all <laughs> listen. I, 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 I don't want to derail you, Brian. I just, but you know. just hit me. But yeah, we can get, we can go on over to Blessed Report because I don't I know we get stuck right here because I got <laughs> we, some things to say we, about that. Listen, but, that, that's a that's a living room because I'm mm-hmm, oof. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, let's let's mm-hmm. get on topic. Blessed report. Shout uh-huh. out black folks doing black great black things. Chef Kwame Onwachi opened up a new restaurant, a black owned restaurant in mm-hmm. luxury hotel in DC. We're not mentioning the hotels a bit, or we're going to mention in a second. But um, I went out and Wauchi, I'm tearing his brother brother's name up. <laughs> Uh, has announced his return to the district, opening a new restaurant at a luxury black-owned Salamander DC hotel in <laughs> Southwest Salamander. That Salamander. sounds black. <laughs> what you stand at the Salamander? The Salamander. <laughs> a darn a lizard. What is it? A lizard. <laughs> South in Southwest DC or Southwest DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love DC. Shout out to DC. Mm-hmm. All the listeners, puzzle pieces of DC. I love you. Chocolate. I do city. love you. Chocolate. Chocolate city. I love the DMV, you know. That's uh, a great it's Baltimore. A great shout out to Baltimore. Shout out to DC. Shout out to Northern Virginia. Stand up. Um, 
Salamander DC, formerly known as formerly the Mandarin Oriental. Racist. Listen. Brian, Brian, I knew you were going there. Nope. I, it, I, the Korean, he said, he, I think he, said, he can say the Oriental. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Those Ooh, are rugs and not Those people. Are, right. It's even so bad. The ramen noodle, they changed the flavor from Oriental to teriyaki. They did. Because like, I remember used to, I used to eat the, ramen, the Oriental flavor. <laughs> Uh, that was my favorite. I remember color. growing the, the up. I, used, I remember growing up. Yeah, <laughs> it was so tangy. <laughs> <laughs> but we've gotten better over time. We we Listen, we've improved as a people. We have. Thank God for uh, DNA. <laughs> thank God for it. Um, and th- and those that accept it, those that say, you know what, this is important. We want to be sensitive mm-hmm. to, the, to the needs and the feelings yeah. of others. Yeah. Right. All those yes. people that are like, you know, everything's too PC. Y'all can go to hell. I really my do God. believe that. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's um, home. <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, Mandarin Oriental open. It sounds weird saying that. Open its doors in September 2022 under new management, owned by Sheila Johnson, BET co-founder and the CEO of Salamander Hotels and Resorts. Sheila Johnson is a black name by far. Um, yes. Strong black name. <clears throat> Johnson yes. said that she was wanting to bring. On Wauchi to the space since she launched. Basically, this man has. The things in place that don't do not disturb. Um, uh, the time is right to return to DC, and I can't think of a more appropriate location to open a new restaurant that speaks to the character and the lineage of DC than its storied Salamander property. This is our saying. This as a child, I spent summers in DC with my grandfather, a professor of Pan African Studies. She black, y'all. She is black. Um, Pan African Studies at Howard University, who shared his passion for city with me. I fell in love and can't wait to return. I don't watch you said via statement. Sorry, I was him saying that. My bad. Um, but this is black folks doing great black things. Uh, shout out yes. to uh, <clears throat> shout out to Kwame, to Kwame. Bless up to all the black owned folks doing great black things. Um, bless up our 2023 graduates. Pump and circumstance. See, we talk about it. If you graduated preschool, um, what is it? I know there's like a trap version too of pomp and circumstance. Um, preschool, elementary school, middle school. Do you have anybody that graduated in your house? No. Anybody? Any relatives that graduated recently? It's a dry year for Uh, graduation. It's a dry year. Yeah. Everybody's in between. Yeah, I don't know anybody in my family that is graduating somewhere this year. Middle school, mm-hmm. high school, community college, technical, trade school, beauty school, nail listen. school, whatever it culinary is. You, <clears throat> culinary arts. Culinary, the arts. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, um, bachelor degrees, graduate, professional school, and doctoral students, all those that graduated, bless up to you. <clears throat> we understand what it's like to go through school. Some others, Josh, you went yes. through, you know. Good uh, undergrad. He went to grad twice. My um, God, <clears throat> your wife went to undergrad and undergrad. My wife, she went to undergrad, grad, grad, and then doctoral. So the people go to school around here. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, we do believe that education is important um, for your future and just get into you know as, as once we believe the children are the future. <clears throat> Teach them well and help and them lead them. the way. Uh-huh. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense 
of pride <laughs> make it easier. <laughs> Let the children laugh. Brian, did they play that at y'all like looks uh, like elementary or middle school graduations? Um, <laughs> we played we, that. We. What do, I don't remember what we played. Play. And I then think, at elementary, I'm still happy with your black elementary. They played Kevin Davis and the Voices, a, a local Memphis gospel group. You mm-hmm. were born to win. We, we was in there worshiping. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I tell you, Memphis is black. Listen, we, we, they, don't, they didn't care nothing about that no church stuff in school. That's funny. It's going to come in when they need to come in. <laughs> I remember when I was in elementary school, we... Uh, the, the the graduating class had to sing the, the fifth grade class had to sing to the sixth grade class. Mm. And I think one year they sang uh what was it? You gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be strong. <laughs> My brother's fifth grade class sang to the sixth grade class. And then when I was in fifth grade, I said we sang uh, uh Mariah Carey's hero. Uh and well, that, the was, hero that was, comes a, that was along. another graduation song. And, listen. We sang that to that, Listen, that class. All the inspiration, the strength to carry on. Brian, I'm a, this is in theme too, because you see, you see how you just put us in our right category of generation. Mm-hmm. Elementary school used to go up to the sixth grade. This new six to eight stuff, that's new. Oh yeah, yeah. The, I guess sixth grade was still elementary school. <laughs> yeah, I went to sixth grade in elementary school. Like I don't know what this whole yeah. sixth, yeah, sixth grade so middle school. I went to a middle school that had six to eight, but it was like after I had already graduated, they have, and I went to. Mm-hmm. Hillcrest was seventh through twelfth at one mm-hmm. point because <laughs> there wasn't no middle really? school in the area. Yeah, that was it was okay. a mess. It was a mess. And then they built the middle school went there for eighth grade, and then there was some. Um, we Memphis still had a few junior highs, seventh through ninth mm-hmm. situation, and then senior high was tenth through twelve. That's what it used to be. That's when the, that's when things were in order. <laughs> and now y'all getting out of fifth grade and sixth through eighth and all that foolishness. But shout out to all y'all. Yeah, uh, celebrate. <clears throat> Celebrate. You deserve all the black graduates. God bless you. God you bless do. You. you do. God bless you. Um, all those things. So shout out to the graduates. Um, shout out to, you know, everyone that does some things. Uh, uh, Bishop J.O. Patterson, senior. Okay. Said, get your learning, but don't lose your burning. Wow. No degree. <laughs> <laughs> the bishop had no degree. <laughs> the bishop had no degree. He went to Nile school. <laughs> High school. He lived vicariously through his. He lived vicariously through his son. Cause Junior said, was educated. Go to school. Yeah, that man of God had all the things. That was rest in peace, J.L. Patterson Junior. That was my jurisdiction bishop. He gave me my mm-hmm. ministerial license. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. I had a good start. Now that elders, that elders ordination got a little sketchy, but the minister, <laughs> <laughs> the minister license, the minister license was in order. It was intact. <laughs> Listen, elders ordination. It was, sketchy, it, it was sketchy. It was sketchy. I had a Kirkland's cross <laughs> around my neck. That thing was that thing was weird. Go ahead, man of God. <laughs> We're not gonna get stuck on that. Go ahead, man of God. Man of God. Like people should be like, oh, who 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 ordained you? There's oh. a man in black Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Now we're nope. going to man's I'm going to leave it like it is. Leave it like it is. I'm checking the okay. history to make sure I was right about the bishop of senior. So I don't, I don't want to be out here saying he was uneducated. And I'm not, and I'm <laughs> Why are you looking that up? I'm going to do uh, a rest up. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest up. Rest up to Jim Brown, uh, an American football running back, civil rights 
activist and actor. Jim Brown, for those who just don't know, Jim Brown was actually selected in the first round of the 1957 draft, played nine seasons for the Cleveland Browns, mm. and led the league in rushing eight of those years. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> rushed for 12,000 <laughs> 12, yards and averaged about 5.2 yards per carry, named to the Pro Bowl for every year he played, um, mm-hmm. led the uh, uh, Browns to the league championship about three times, the won the title in 1964. He was named MVP three times. He was the man on the gridiron. Uh, he literally, he, he ended a career. He didn't have to get knocked out or anything like that. He said he wanted to stop playing. He wanted to pursue mm-hmm. acting and stuff like that. But Jim Brown, some people consider him the best running back of all time, the most dominant running back of all time. Uh, he, after leaving the league, got into some political activism and, and things of that nature. In addition to acting, uh, mm-hmm. he was included in that, um, a big athletes forum or summit where, you know, Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali and all the great, uh, um, athletes of the time stood up for civil rights and tried to find things to do in their communities to uplift black people. So, um, you know, shout out to Jim Brown. He had some things ever so often where we were like, all right, Jim, sit down, nigga. But mm-hmm. for the most part, Jim Brown uh, loved black people uh, and did great things for black folks and was a great representation of, you know, you know, black people, black men who said, I'm going to do what I want to do, how I want to do it. And I dare you to stop me. So rest up to Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there anything you want to add to that, Joshua? Um, no, rest, rest up, you know, in researching Jim Brown, I've, I learned some interesting things that I left out of the rest up. So, um, I'll just leave it to keep this memory positive. I will leave it there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that, going back to Jim, um, James Jim, Oglethorpe Jim Patterson senior. senior. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is how, you know, when people, you know, attended school. Um, uh-huh. It says that the majority of his training, however, was received in the Memphis City School System and the whole school of religion, which later became a part of the school presently known as Lamornoan College. Now, people who have graduated very proudly say, <laughs> and they earned their such and such and such and such <laughs> right. said school. Now, this is not to diminish the impact mm-hmm. that he had yeah. in Christendom, as the Saints would say. However, we was talking about school, and Brian brought up the medical, yeah. and I was like, you know, it's an interesting quote mm-hmm. from somebody who didn't get their learning, but had plenty of the burning. Right. He was anointed. <laughs> My God, that's what he was anointed. But he was anointed. Oh, Bishop I, Jakes didn't go I to can... Bishop Jakes didn't go to divinity school. Mm-hmm. You know, and he just he's America's bishop. Created what he does. Yeah, America's bishop. Yeah, you know, there are I several pathways to success. Is what we're saying. You see what I'm saying? Several. We're just as proud as them as LeBron James is proud of Bronny, who will also likely not finish school. But that's a different <laughs> conversation for a different day. Listen, I'm going to say it here. Success. I've been saying this. I told Chris earlier, I said in the group chat, I feel like LeBron is the type of person, like, he give, he. now that they have the new NIL stuff, like, mm-hmm. if he technically, if he wants, he might be able to go back to college and play with his son at USC. There's it's, a there's a 28-year-old about to start his, like, eighth NCAA season at Howard. He was red shirted and hurt like so many years. He was mm-hmm. at Harvard and then Ohio State, and now he's going to Howard. And then allegedly he still has two more years of eligibility after that. Man, a God is a professional college athlete. Right. <laughs> it's it's possible. I think it's, it's possible. It's possible. I think that would be interesting to see. I'm pretty sure the NCAA would love to have LeBron James in that college. Would, I mean, that is a loophole. That is it, it's a loophole. Not with the NIL stuff, and imagine him going to the tournament. And playing and a 40 year old man in college. And tech, honestly, though, 
that to me is a great business idea. You have some cameras following you around. That's mm -hmm. a TV show. That's a documentary. That's all those it's like things. Like 21 Jump Street. <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine LeBron in, in classes like yeah, like what he writing papers and things of that nature. Like he, unfortunately, <laughs> considering LeBron's history, he would probably get kicked out for um, um, plagiarism. Yes, because the man of God <laughs> is honesty is an issue when it, when it comes to the things. Right, <laughs> he's had when when we saw him reading books, he's been on that page for years. That first page for years. It's the, the same book too. The book. Same, same book too. Since you brought up LeBron, let's just go here. <clears throat> they okay. don't last long. We get to the point. We know you love them because it's everyone's <laughs> favorite joint. These are Josh Rogers athletic abbreviation. Adjacent <laughs> to LeBron is Carmelo Cayenne mm -hmm. Anthony. He mm -hmm. um, was drafted in the same class, LeBron, in 2003. To the Denver Nuggets and uh -huh. the legend Melo. Let me just say this: when we say Melo, we ain't talking about none of them ball boys. We talking about Melo. Mm -hmm. It's Carmelo. It's the only yes. Melo we acknowledge. It's Carmelo Anthony. One. He announced mm -hmm. his retirement after 19 seasons, about give or take 20 years. He didn't really play that much um, in this last year, mm -hmm. uh, but he but he had an incredible career. Although he didn't win a ring, that incredible. But it's a lot of greats who didn't win rings, mostly yeah, well, well, because of uh -huh. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan took a lot of the legends out, like Carl yeah. Malone. All them they they had no chance. <laughs> On the Jordan yeah. era. Um, and even though Melo didn't face the same feat, kind of in a sense, he had the LeBron and the Kobe era and all that kind of stuff. He didn't win no ring. But, mm -hmm. but, 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 very successful but, career but, but. coming in as ninth all-time scorer in the NBA, three-time gold medalist, 10-time NBA All-Star. And he also led his college team, um, Syracuse University, to their first and only NCAA men's tournament title. Mm -hmm. um, so shout out to, Le, um, to Carmelo Anthony. But in LeBron James fashion, the attention seeker himself. Uh, you know, oh. I, I appreciate LeBron James' contribution to professional sports. Mm -hmm. I do. I do think the man is a little corny. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. But you don't ever hear me say, I'm a hater. He don't do this. Mm -hmm. He don't do that. The man shows up. I mean, all he the does. accolades and awards and things are, 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 are earned. He's a little corny to me. And that's okay. Um, and let me tell you why. Because the man very masterfully change the narrative around that broom that came and swept him out of LA and mm -hmm. put it on his possible retirement. Now, LeBron, you know you ain't been retired. <laughs> let, first of all, let Melo have this moment. Second mm -hmm. of all, sit in the defeat <laughs> that the Denver Nuggets gave you. There's no need to change the narrative, my friend. You're not going to retire. You've been loud and said you want to play with Bronny. You've been loud about all the things, mm -hmm. how much gas you still got in your tank and all this other kind of stuff. You ain't going nowhere. Now, you may co you may go into a reduced role because you still almost 40, brother. I don't mm -hmm. care. Eight, and Oh, oh this is a sudden thing. Age going to catch up with you eventually. And it is, mm -hmm. right? Because we mm -hmm. see you get a little tired. We see you on the bench. You, be, you know, you're, you're tired, man. Of God, you're tired, yeah. right? But don't do that. We, you ain't retiring. Keep the, nar the narrative is the narrative. You're lost. Mm -hmm. And you guess what? You made it, you made it further in the playoffs, then many analysts like myself thought that you were like, we didn't even think he was going to make the playoffs the way y'all started this season. Yeah. And you made it anyway. You beat a number two. You beat the mother. You beat, you beat Steph Curry and them. Mm -hmm. and you know, but you got to that white boy. And he showed you that white men can jump. <laughs> and, <laughs> and sent you right on home. Mm -hmm. My God. Side note. Did you watch the new one with Jack Harlow? No, I haven't watched it. It's actually pretty decent. Really? I'm not going to hold Jack Harlow do, does a a really good job, actually. What is it on? 
It's on Hulu. It's a it was a Hulu premiere. Okay. So it ain't like in theaters or nothing. It's on Hulu. But it's and the guy it. who played um Sydney. Fifty Cent Son in Power. Okay. Yeah, Sean. he the uh, yeah, he the he mm-hmm. the he the black dude. Okay. Um, and Tiana Taylor is the girl, well, the wife. And then there is no Hispanic girlfriend. Jack Harlow was dating a black woman. Okay. So it's 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 a little bit different. It's the same like framework, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit different. I Got think it. you would enjoy it. I went in yeah. with I also went in with very low expectations. Mm. I watched it with Jaden. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't anything crazy inappropriate. It's it's quite a bit of cussing, but like yeah. nothing, they didn't have no sex scene or nothing like that. Yeah, so it's, like the um, it's kinda family friendly if you can, you know, if you don't care about a whole like some cuss words, but no. it ain't it ain't nothing crazy going on in there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. Anyway, okay, so let's I'll go to the that. rest of the billboard. Uh-huh. Check it out. So yeah, no, 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 no. Please do it. Let's talk about it. We ain't got to do no whole episode, but let's um, let's talk about it. So, um, stay in the thing with basketball. Let me just go here. Let me go backwards on my mm-hmm. notes here. We all know what happened with John Morant, right? Yep. The sh- uh, I, I about to say the shooting. God forbid mm-hmm. the gun yeah. incident. Let's but let's stay, let's rewind to the very first one, Brian, when he mm-hmm. showed the gun the first time. He was at a little strip club, yeah. and showed the little mini piece and did all that kind of stuff. Now the strippers who were there are coming out and said. That they didn't get no apology. And my question is, what do you need to apologize to you for? <sighs> Attention if seeking. If anything, you should be thanking the man. Because I saw how much money was on that floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you came out great. Mm-hmm. No one knows who you are. Ain't nobody even talked about y'all. Y'all can go on and go about your merry little way, dancing every single night. Mm-hmm. What, do you, I, what do you need an apology for? Mm-mm. There's nothing to sue. Mm-mm. There's, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's happening here? What is this? Why is this even a moment with him? It, it's the, I think the world we live in. People just My want God. attention. I mean, just want the, attention. The entitlement, yeah. of it all bothers me so. I really don't get it. I mean, I get I it. Know. Like John, ja, John ja did what he did, but like the stripper mm-hmm. won't apologize because yeah, they, like, he what? showed a or gun at that club. Did you die? Did you get shot? Right, and it's, it's not Jaws up. If if, if, if it's the security guard, Bam Bam, or whoever's at the front door should have. That's who need to be apologizing. Yeah. That's who. What? What? The AJ Johnson, the security guard, the Players Club. That's who need. That's who. I recently rewatched that scene with Lisa Ray and that girl fighting. Mm-hmm. Everybody at the dressing room, please. Classic black. <laughs> classic blackness. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, but lastly on the billboard, it's a short billboard here. Um. Nick Cannon. Mm-hmm. Nick Cannon got on Blue Ivy's internet, mm-hmm. and so you remember. Before I go into that, I want to give a little bit of context. You remember mm-hmm. maybe a couple of weeks ago, last month. I it was it was some time ago when um I forgot what artist said it was a name one Akon. It was one of them artists who said that Charlie Wilson was so much better than Luther Vandross. Remember we talked? Oh about yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. It and was I think uh, it was Case. Case Case, Case said Girl. that. Guess what I did today, and. Okay. Me and you both mm-hmm. agree that, you know, music choice and enjoyment is relative. It's mm-hmm. super subjective, right? Yeah. Um, it is okay if you enjoy Char- Uncle Charlie's voice over mm-hmm. Luther Vandross. That's, the yeah. majority of people probably won't agree, but if that's your opinion, yeah. that's your opinion. But that should be the full stop, mm-hmm. especially with Uncle Luther. Yeah. When you go on to say that Charlie can cough better. Yeah, and we'll circles better. around and sneeze but like then you get into some very very inaccurate that's when opinion yeah. turns to fact yeah. and brother you're just wrong right yeah 
Similarly, Nick Cannon found himself in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this man has a podcast, but he'd be on the mic with these other two women pretty often. I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's a podcast. And he said, he started off by saying, Brian, yeah. that he likes Beyonce, mm-hmm. but he would much rather see Bruno Mars in concert. That's fine. Okay. That's, right? that's, I think full stop. That's fair. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a full stop because we all have our preferences, right? Um, Beyonce yeah. show, I ain't going to say it caters to women, but I can see how like maybe... Cause I feel, cause here's another thing. I enjoy Chris Brown, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that environment would be like at his concert, particularly mm-hmm. when he was a little bit younger in his career. Mm-hmm. All the teenage girls and you taking off your shirt and ground on the floor. That ain't yeah. my show right. per se. Right. It don't mean that I wouldn't enjoy the concert overall, but yeah. I can see why I would say I'd rather go see a artist over breezy because mm-hmm. of maybe the dynamics of the show. Right. right? Yeah, you know, yeah, some, yeah. That, that kind of thing, right? It's fair. And I can see how maybe you in, you would enjoy Bruno Mars over Beyonce because maybe, you know, what he puts on maybe resonates with you more, not just because he's a man, but maybe because music style and yeah. all that different kind of stuff, right? But then he went a little further, Brian. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm a, I'm a, I really want your thoughts on this. He said, I would rather see Bruno in concert because mm-hmm. Bruno has more hits Mm. Then Beyonce. Mm. Okay, so can I chime in on this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, 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 I pause <clears throat> just for you. So <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> niggas lie, but numbers don't lie. Okay, so I researched it. <laughs> okay, I researched it. <laughs> okay, and a lot of context for like hits, we we go to like the Billboard charts. Sure. Okay. Sure. <clears throat> so in terms of number one hits, mm-hmm. Beyonce and surprisingly Bruno have the same number of number one hits okay. on the Billboard 100 or whatever. It's eight. Uh, number we'll ones. Eight. Number ones. <laughs> okay. Then it goes to top 10 hits. Mm-hmm. Bruno has 18. Mm-hmm. Beyonce has like 31. Okay. Does that even does that even include Destiny's Child? Doesn't include Destiny's Child. <laughs> then or and maybe I, I might have to go back and just make sure because okay. the numbers may be numbering or whatever. But then it goes to just hits on the made the Billboard 100. Mm-hmm. Beyonce had 81 hits or 80 something hits on the 100, and mm-hmm. Bruno had like 30 something. Mm-hmm. So to me, based off of just the numbers, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that to be accurate in terms of him having more hits mm-hmm. um, because that's no. Beyonce had 81 songs in the Billboard 100 over her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of those could be like, I guess, features and stuff like that too. Yeah, based some, off of them, the numbers. some of them are features. I'm because I'm going right now because I wanted to make sure there was. I'm trying to see if there was any. Um, Destiny's Child on there, and and I really feel like Destiny Child be toward number one because they had they had some number one. So this is just this is just this her. Sh- it's just Beyonce, yeah. Either as the artist or a feature or a feature. So so we're gonna say just as an artist because she showed up as her individual self. Yes, so Brian, your numbers were for Beyonce. Is just Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. So my numbers for Beyonce is eight number ones. Mm-hmm. I'm going back. I'm actually looking at it now. Twenty one top ten. Yep. Eighty one songs. Eighty one songs that made it in general. That made it in general on the mm-hmm. Billboard 100. And let me go to let me go to Bruno. We'll go back mm-hmm. to Bruno. Mm-hmm. Bruno had uh, where is he at? Um, there he goes. Fly. Bruno on Billboard. Mm-hmm. He has eight number one hits, and mm-hmm. this is him. And Silk Sonic, and you know, like we that the criteria was like you know features and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Eighteen top ten hits, mm-hmm. and then thirty one songs. Mm-hmm. 
songs. 32 songs. 32 songs. So that Beyonce number of hits. She almost on the Billboard, got almost more than 50 songs over this week. Yes. <laughs> right. So I can see if you say, all right, I know Bruno has had a smaller career. Sure. And within that small time frame, you, he's given us some like. Giving us great music. Great stuff. You know, 24 Karat Magic. We talked about classic albums the other day in the group chat. 24 Karat Magic, you just press play. Boom. That's yep. his, probably his best album. Silk Sonic. Oh, for sure. Press play. Boom. Um, some of the other ones were a little shaky, right? That, that sophomore album was. Unorthodox Deuce Box. Yeah. He had like a couple, a single or two off of that one that was good. Um, but once he got into black music, you know, skyrocket. Uptown was Funk. A, was it, it was like Uptown Funk changed the game for him. That changed his whole life. But um, but Beyonce's been Beyonce, and that doesn't include Destiny's Child. I didn't include Destiny's Child in that that more hits. So if if Beyonce wanted to go into the Destiny's Child bag. Let's go. Let's go real quick. Let's, let's go. Going. Go to Billboard Destiny's Child. Let's see what that is. Let's see. All right. So four number ones, mm-hmm. 10 top tens, uh-huh. and 14 songs in general. Yeah. So imagine you add that to Beyonce's concert, right? That's, that's way more hits. Like Beyonce literally can do a whole. And, and can we pause here? Yeah. This is for Bruno and Beyonce. This is just the stuff that charted. This is mm-hmm. not even the B side classics that we love, and like no. the, you know what I'm saying, like stuff that makes the concert that mm-hmm. may not have been like a a Billboard, you know, by the numbers. So right. to use, I love the fact that you use Billboard to kind of be the, you know, the uh, the standard, so right. to speak, right? But like when you think about that, and then like if we if we just went toe to toe without going to Billboard, mm-hmm. we could we could just start listing Beyonce. We could just, if we just start listing Beyonce and Bruno songs. Mm-hmm. You're gonna stop. Let's just say you had Bruno, I had Beyonce. You're yeah. gonna stop with songs before I stop. Yeah. And that's just off the top of the head. You know, and yeah. to me, that's the cultural hit impact, too. Yeah. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And so, and he goes to think, and this is a lesson that I learned, right? Yep. And this goes back from during the pandemic, and they were doing a bunch of like verses, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm a John P. Key stand, and John yep. P. Key went up against Hezekiah Walker. Yes, he did. Okay? Unofficial verses. Unofficial verses. And then what I realized was, yes. Hezekiah Walker has way more hits than John P. Key. Just Billboard. Think about that. Because Hezekiah Walker had a song on the radio that was just playing over and over. Mm-hmm. Right? Marvin Sepp may have more hits and quote unquote than John P. Key. Um, a Billboard. Bigger. Billboard. Bigger. Yeah, bigger songs. Like a Billboard. <laughs> a, a Billboard okay, being the barometer. Okay. A Billboard right? is a barometer, yes. Okay. I don't know if John P. Key is like a main... You yeah, know, not uh, gospel. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. so... You know, Kurt Franklin clearly has way more. You know what I'm saying? I'm, so there's people that are out there that probably have way more, but don't mean that necessarily that I, I would go to a John P. Key. You know, he ain't really concerning. He's just sitting at a piano. I'd rather go hear oh my John God. P. Key play. <laughs> I just, I'd rather hear him play I his song. Tell you what Billboard said about John P. Key. Right, that thing is zero zero six. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But as a person, as yourself, like myself, who loved gospel music. Yeah, for sure. And people in the gospel industry would be like, John Peakey is is one of the goats of gospel music. No, for sure. For sure. Ain't not on one billboard chart. Right. So Nick Cannon can easily say, hey, you know what? You know, Beyonce may have way more hits or in well, terms of that, but I would rather. What, what Am I wrong? When you're not necessarily Hezzy wrong, but Hezzy, okay. it ain't, it's zero, zero, 008. Okay. So by two songs, what has the guy don't have no number ones at gospel? No, is it, no, that gospel off of just overall one. Billboard one hundred. Uh, wow. It's the Billboard. Yes, yeah, the Billboard one hundred. If we go to like go to, and go to base, let's go, go to, to top, like gospel. Let's go to top gospel. Um, got to be in there somewhere. Songs. Okay, I feel like you go to hot gospel songs. It's okay. three sixteen. 
Okay, three six ten. Okay, and I do mm-hmm. do uh, John B. Key. Uh, Hold on, let me we'll do another one. He got to see the top gospel albums is two thirteen eighteen. Okay, it gets bigger. Cause I do because Hezekiah Walker were better and every praise. Mm-hmm. Things Those are the ones that have popped up. Yeah. Okay, so John P. Key. <laughs> All right. So hot gospel songs one five sixteen. Yeah. And okay. the number one was his um, collab with Fred Hammond. They that wait. Yeah. It was okay. it was on charge for thirteen weeks. Mm-hmm. And top gospel albums is three thirteen twenty two, which show okay. up and well, Life in Favor being oh. his his best album. Yeah, which is is isn't really the best album. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it really is, but it but it makes sense in terms of like commercial success because that was a big, yeah. that was a big song. Oh yeah, <clears throat> everybody on that. He had everybody on yeah. that album too. Like, so he had Kurt mm-hmm. and he brought all the big dogs out there. Yeah. PJ Moore was on there. James Fortune. But to, but to your point, you could think of was on there. Yeah, yeah. To your point, you you, you can even do John P. Key, but like you're a bigger John P. Key. I mean, I love John P. Key, so let me do that. Yeah, I'm a bigger Kirk Franklin fan than you. So let's yeah. just say we went up against commercial success. John P. Key's getting watched. By Kirk Franklin. Yes. Without a doubt. Nobody in gospel music Washed. is touching Kirk Franklin. Nobody. No, nobody. Not a chance. Not nobody. the Clarks. <laughs> not Yolanda. Not Dunny. No, and then nobody. the thing about, you can say what you want to believe about Kirk. Kirk's longevity. It's almost like Kirk. All right. Here's here's a moment. I'm, it's a hot take. Okay. Hot take. We're ready. Hot take. Kirk Franklin is the Jay-Z of gospel. I'm not laughing because it's wrong. I'm laughing because of the fact that like Kirk Franklin and then Jay-Z, like, you know. But, 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 but think, the, but think the about it. Like, the reinvention of itself, every album does, no matter where you are, like it's mm-hmm. just, it's going to perform. You may yeah. have had one or two sleepers in there. Like his God Property Stomp is technically his collab album. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of collab albums. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, I mean, then he did the whole, um, this Maverick City stuff was another collab album. He's yeah. about to drop a new album and think, and you see the hype that the gospel community had around his new album that's coming out. Imagine mm-hmm. if Jay Z announced another album. Th- oh, think about think about the hype when he came out on that freaking Khaled verse. It was a yeah. verse, yeah, and it yeah, wasn't yeah. even his best verse. Yeah, Jay Z, uh, yes, and, and compared in relevance, and, 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 and that's all I'm saying. Jay Z yeah. started yeah. around what 95, 96, somewhere yeah, in there, mid mid ninety, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what Kirk first album with the family came out in like 95, 96, yeah, and today that relevance. Keep reinventing yourself. Keep putting out stuff. People are still going crazy over the music. And and again, I'm not comparing them in terms of like money or anything like that. I'm just saying in musical success and, and journey, they had yeah. a very similar journey. Yeah. So nobody's t- like right now, like Drake is Drake. But even today, those rap lists be crazy wrong. But Jay-Z is always still at the top of that dang on list. And, and it's, it's, just, it's never, in it's most probably cases, never going to change. It's not. It's not change. even a debate. People, <laughs> anybody that says Jay Z is not the best rapper of all time, like, mm-hmm. is just a hater, or you just yeah, for sure, yeah. And in most cases, they'll be like, have... oh, no, the most they like best rapper alive. We're not gonna include Jay Z. We're gonna mm-hmm. like, we're gonna put him. Who's your top? Because Jay Z's just a, he's just a given, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like when they say so best I'm... singer, they take out Aretha, they take out Whitney, yeah. and they'd be like, all right, yeah. now who left? Right now, who? You, <laughs> right. I mean, because like if you if you if you put them two in a category, who's out singing yeah. Aretha or Whitney in their prime? In their, in their prime, prime. prime voices, bro. I was listening like, to a I was listening to a Whitney song popped up on my explore page. I was like, this woman just had it. Nigga, I uh, I just watched. I was on a plane recently, and I watched her the movie. The movie, and I was just thinking about the fact of like she would. She didn't do a lot of writing. She didn't write her songs stuff like that. But she was she, a performer par excellence. Them 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 uh put them words in front of her. 
And ain't nobody singing better than Whitney Houston. Nobody. The fact what she did to Dolly Parton's song, like all them, bro. If you even Nigga. listen to Dolly's song, it don't even sound like the same song after Whitney got finished with it. No, like you know what I'm saying. Tone freaking. And I'm glad you brought that movie. I saw the movie in theaters, <clears throat> but it made okay. me. You know how movies make you go down. You know, yeah, rabbit, rabbit holes. holes. Yeah. Bro, I went to YouTube and found that 10 minute performance. Masterclass. Wow. The same way you talk about um, Luther at the at the um, at the at, uh, uh, at the um, the garden. Madison garden. Yeah, Whitney and that bro Mas- that. 10 Masterclass. minutes of like belting of just the, the it doesn't and, get any better yeah and and the the f- d- 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 no drop off in terms of like that performance no drop mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. and then imagine and my this was still she was you know on, on the on the things she was doing living the stuff. A, a life behind the scenes that mm-hmm. was that's detrimental to singers yep. right um smoking cigarettes you know as you know we saw the movie uh clive was telling her, like girl like right you 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 got to chill. What are you doing, girl? Like, mm-hmm. and, so imagine like if she wasn't doing the things, wasn't smoking, like what that voice would have been like in terms yeah. of just it definitely would have matured because that's just what yeah. voices do. But I feel like she still like because Aretha, you know, for all intents and purposes, till she passed, was pretty still a pretty solid vocalist. You know what I'm saying? And we see yeah. it with some of our gospel singers. We like even Beyonce. If you listen to Beyonce and she challenged her today. So it's a huskier voice, it's a heavier yeah. tone, but she still Beyonce still sings. I think Beyonce sings down. Right. I think Beyonce um, sings better now than she's ever sang before. And I yeah. think that's because it's like veteran, veteran oh, yeah. wisdom. Yeah. Like you know when to hit certain notes, you know mm-hmm. when to go high, when to go mm-hmm. low. You gonna, you're you're comfortable in changing keys because you're like, you know what? That's that song too high. I can't sing it no more. I'm gonna sing mm-hmm. it here. Mm-hmm. They, it's just that veteran wisdom. And that's why Rita was still singing because she knew what, you know what. I'm gonna sing it this way. I'm gonna sing it with the, you know, like it's just that all those things. Oh, and and that's what hurts me to my core is that Whitney got into the stuff, and then also yeah. later Mariah just plummeted. Like at that point, they, two of the greatest voices we've ever heard, and and now Mariah's a shell of herself. Mm-hmm. Whitney's in the grave. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. what is life? You know what I mean? So and we're clearly dating ourselves because we are. <clears throat> it's all in the theme. Know. And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have. We should. I shouldn't have even put this on the billboard. Cause look how long it took us to get through that. <laughs> and look where we look where we journeyed. Look where we journeyed. We ended up. <laughs> we ended up talking about Whitney's prime <laughs> from Beyonce and Bruno Mars. It's just we just can't talk about music, y'all. We get lost we every single time. Oh. Anyway, that concludes our billboard. And if you haven't noticed. This episode is about embracing our uncle era. Me yeah. and Brian are. We I think we said it last week. I'm I'm tapping into mid thirties. Brian is in them late thirties, and this is not a conversation to say that we're old. No, this is not a conversation to complain about the vicissitudes of life, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this is a this is a conversation to talk about embracing the journey of being grown. Yeah. I don't think that journey ever ends, Mm-mm. and how at a certain and we'll get a little bit more in the billboard, but like how at a certain point you ain't the young buck no more. People mm. looking at you saying, "Yes, sir," off bat. Right, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you OG, know what I'm saying? Nigga. Right, OG, you the OG. <laughs> let's 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 save it. Let's save. So grab your grab your snacks, grab your popcorn, grab your 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 fruit snacks, grab your insure, all the other stuff, <laughs> and let's game. head on to the let's head on to the living room and this conversation.
All right, good people. We are here in the living room, gathered around in our couches and in the chairs for another good time to have a conversation. And I was, you know, I was thinking the other day, and I text Brian, I was like, Brian, this week, we got to talk about it, brother. Yeah. And um, so as you might have heard as we introed into this segment, you know, we t- we embraced our Uncle Era. Yeah. And I remember there was a time, I'm going to actually go forward to come backwards, so I'm going I'm to I'm move this part up. I remember a time, Brian, especially in corporate America, I was the youngest one in the room. Mm, yeah. in, in, in the company yeah. many times right yes, I, um, I mean in the company and if I wasn't the youngest I was somebody else was my age right so yeah. we were the youngest mm-hmm. uh, I'm the youngest one on my line right I know okay. you, you had a young line um, and, you, and you came in the fret a little bit later than me yeah. in terms of the starting age but still like so there have been many moments where I was the youngest person mm-hmm. in many scenarios um, and even in high even in school because my birthday's in September and toward the end of September I was the last one to turn 18. I was mm-hmm. the last one to turn 16. I was the last one to become a teenager, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so, so many. And now I find myself, right? Uh-huh. While I'm st- I still consider myself young and 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 and, and youthful, right? Um, I'm at, I'm at work in my various mm-hmm. jobs. Like my my editor mm-hmm. at Afrotech, solid 28. Wow, <laughs> and she's doing her thing, right? Black mm-hmm. woman doing her thing. Um, on my main nine to five. There are some 30 year olds, 28, wow. 29. Some I started Habitat when I was 25. I started mm-hmm. in 2015. I was 25, turning 26. So I know some people in that same, in some of those entry level positions who graduated college, had a couple of years of experience, and they're in these spaces. Or even people who went to their master's, the master program immediately after, right? So they're mm-hmm. jumping into the workforce a little bit earlier. Um, and But even like, so I graduated Morehouse May 15th. I started mm-hmm. that job May 16th. I wow. was a smooth 21 in corporate America. Wow. Um, wow. So so now that we're in these 30s, right, we're no longer the younger people in the room. People, I think people have always kind of, by virtue of what me and Brian, especially in the church, I think people mm-hmm. have always kind of looked to us as big brother kind yeah. of figures. But it's shifting from mm-hmm. big bro <laughs> yeah. to like uncle. And, and yeah. I think in some cases, rightfully so, because my mentee, we are a solid 10 years apart. 10 years you know Devin just crossed yeah. over 10 years yeah, and that yeah. make if we 10 years apart that make y'all 14 years apart <clears throat> yeah Reverend, yeah that's uncle <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying and 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 again this is not to say that we're old but it is to say that with this level of aging comes a level of mm-hmm. maturity and your status right in yeah. earth and in society kind of changes so anyway I want to right. talk and then and for the aunties too right our, 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 our sisters out there who are you know coming up in age we aunties and uncles and I like to think that we're the rich aunties and uncles because we've, we've hit a certain place yeah. in life but to kind of start this conversation off without belaboring the moment more Brian let's talk about mm. some of the the differences right I know we've uh, talked about uh, this in brevity sometimes but let's go a little bit deeper and talk yeah. about some of the differences you've noticed in 20 something year old Brian Versus yeah. 30 something year old Brian. Yeah. Uh 20-something year old Brian didn't have no kids, of course. Um and was just I was much more I was busier in terms of like frivolous busy, right? Like mm-hmm. just traveling randomly just for fun. Um playing sports, like I was still playing basketball mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in my 20s, like <clears throat> like playing, like going to mm-hmm. LA Fitness and playing um, like cares were minimal. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I really didn't have too many cares in the world. Um, you can st- I stay up late now, but like I used to be able to stay up like late. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and not feel it. I was about to say, the like, bounce going, back. That's the difference. Bro, <laughs> yeah, not feel it. We was going to, remember we were going to like Todd Harbor Bibles and stuff like that. Nigga be up to about three o'clock <sighs> in the morning. Me. Don't remember. And, and then go to work at like eight. I, that, that, yeah, those are times in my life I try to <laughs> try to block out. To... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But for the, for the, for, the, for all ten tens and purposes, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying though. Yeah, staying up late and then bouncing back, and not even feeling it, not needing a nap in the middle of the day. Um, whereas now I'm late, my late thirties. I'm turning thirty eight this year, like in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Like, I, like I'm always tired. Like I'm mm-hmm. always tired, like pervasive tiredness, <laughs> just for no reason. I'm like, what? Like, what did I do? Like, and it'll be nights where, like, you know, Granny, I have a three year old, and she sleeps in the bed with us, so you know she can move and stuff like that. But um, it's just like I'm always tired, and then mm-hmm. sometimes it's like you can hard hard to focus because it's like I'm so tired, I ain't take a nap, but I have like a workload to do. It's like, a, and it's not just like work work it's like other things that we have to do throughout the day to make sure that you know the, the world doesn't collapse right um because of you know husband father you know the world revolves around what you do in a sense mm-hmm. and, and things are are in the house are based off of what you do so like it's just the the feeling of always i'm always tired like always tired um um there's not a chance i can go play basketball right now like i can probably go play half court Three on three, but there's not a chance I'm running up and down down the court. Shout out to Chris Moore. I think he still plays full court basketball, but uh, I I just I know I can't do that anymore. Um, I would love to. I'm probably gonna go back and run and do and shoot and stuff like that. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't I can't do that. What about yourself? So some of the same. Um, and I know we'll I know we'll get to this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? I'm I'm a, I'm gonna move this up because it I think it. It's an interesting dynamic, Brian, when we talk about mm-hmm. 20s versus 30s. So and the, it's it's so funny how you how we both can probably because I agree with that. I was more carefree in my 20s. But mm-hmm. can we also talk about from a spiritual um perspective? We talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah. We were carefree, but also so much more like careful in our 20s. Yeah. And then yeah. now in our 30s, like you know, you you care Nigga, about what? you care about a lot more because of your responsibilities, but now you just like that don't even matter. Like some stuff like that don't, don't even matter no more. You know what I'm saying? So like it's, it it's, it's funny how like I think the sense of what you care about changes between yes. twenty has changed drastically between twenty and thirty. And I doubt. saw some of that shift in my late twenties. Um, but I was saying yes. the same thing. So like even on my fitness journey, I know we'll talk about physicality in a moment too. Like um, you talking about bouncing back. Like I am sore right now. Like mm. right now from leg day yesterday. I'm talking about like sore sore. If I get up, it's gonna be a struggle. Getting out this mm. chair and I've stretched, I foam yeah. rolled, I've done it all. When I first started <laughs> working out in my like at like 26, bro, I would do this stuff and be like, bet. Child and going about my business. Wouldn't feel nothing, wouldn't mm-hmm. go through anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's like even the body, like while I, I, I feel like I'm I'm my most in shape, I'm my, 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 I am my most healthy, the mm-hmm. ability to bounce back is different. Even going back to like I still work best at night. Mm-hmm. It's just how I work, right? Um, yeah. but to your point, bro, I can't be up at three in the morning and then wake up. Like, I go to the gym at five forty-five. If I got one and a half hours sleep, oh yeah, and try to go yeah, work yeah. out and then function a full eight nine hours for work, nah, I would be I would be passing out somewhere. Um, so the ability to do some of those things just changed. And I think some I think some of that changes though because of the level of responsibility we had now have. Yeah, I think it's I would give. 
a nice percentage of that to the responsibilities we have and less about age. I think age plays a, a part. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. But I also believe if we were single, childrenless men, then we probably could navigate later hours better because we don't have the responsibility of having to be old. Like when I, because when, when I was just in school, when, when school was over, that was it. It was just Josh. Mm-hmm. I had nobody to care about. I ain't had to be, you know, all I had to do was show up and be a good person in, yeah. many, in many regards. Now I got to, I could be wore down, but if mm-hmm. Jaden want to play, I got to play. Mm-hmm. If Josh want to talk, I got to talk. If yeah. Asher want to talk, I got to be full and present. Yeah. And then I'm the I'm the primary cook in my home. So mm-hmm. I got to figure out what we eat. And I got to yep. stand up and cook it. And all these other different types of things, right? So I think the responsibility of life has, has shifted how we care, has yeah. shifted what our energy levels can and cannot be. And I think that's why um, it's super important um, when we talk about self-care and pockets of joy so often on this show. Yeah, uh, because those are the kind of things that refuel, um, that you know, that remind us of yeah. who we are, so that we can, keep, we can keep going. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna shift that a little bit and go up to the spiritual perspectives. Yeah, what, you know, what does Uncle Brian's uh-huh. faith? How does Uncle Brian's faith differ from Brother Brian? <laughs> my nigga, um, my faith is stronger but looser at this way. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense, it does. Um, we used we grew up in and those of you you know we grew up in the Church of God in Christ. We grew up in the Pentecostal holiness lifestyle. It was staunch, staunch. My God, God. like couldn't do nothing. Like I would be paranoid to do certain things and blase blase. I wouldn't even. It was just stuff I just wouldn't do because I. It was more so not that's about me. It was about the the perception of others. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll let Mm. you even be your good be even spoken of and all the kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. All this just stuff that we were just taught. And it really just kept us in this box of life, right? Um, you know, then reading scripture for myself, right? Um, literally doing a deep dive into that for myself. Yeah. I base I, I said on this, I base my 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 faith on, you know, Jesus said, you know, love God, love others, love yourself. I'm just paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? I that is it. If if I were to that's it. That's how I leave my life based off of. Like, I'm not into, you know, I'm not about the debate between Old Testament, New Testament. You know, I can, I can, I can, you know, how, you know, how they intersect, how they don't intersect, where, you know, what, there's some contradictions there here and there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, in all the little lifestyle nuances that, that Jesus never spoke, speaks to, or the Bible doesn't really speak to, or contradicts, mm. like the drinking mm. and stuff like that, like, you know, I'm I'm doing I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do me on that. Right? You know what I'm saying? So that's my f- another thing is uh, spiritual perspectives is that we were taught that like you know going to church like if you don't go to church then you just might as well go to hell. Like you know what I'm saying? It was just it was required for your faith. Right? Mm-hmm. Being mm-hmm. in church required for your faith. I don't believe that anymore. Like I want to go to brunch on Sundays. I want to travel. Um, God created this amazing world, right? Yep. And if I'm working Monday through Friday, right, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm volunteering or doing this, this now, I should be able to, on the weekends, nigga, go to Italy, right? Or, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Just making something up. Like, go mm-hmm. somewhere, travel, mm-hmm. see the world. Um, you know, I understand that, that, that there is a place and a need for church, right? Because of the uplifting and the building of the faith, uh, uh, encouraging one another. But also understand the fact of like I can I can log in virtually I can you know stay in yeah. fellowship with my yeah. friends yeah. I have all all my friends but ninety percent of my friends are people of faith so if if I need to to pour out 
I can pour out. If I need somebody to pour in, somebody can pour in. And mm-hmm. that doesn't even have to happen on a Sunday morning, right? Uh, so that's that. Like my spiritual perspective has changed. Um, I used to be real staunch against people that, you know, didn't align with what our traditional ideology and thought process w- regarding like faith. Mm-hmm. So I was real, I said all the time I was, you know, I condemned, I was super dogmatic, all that kind of stuff. Where now I also truly believe in the work at your own salvation with fear and trembling. So I don't, it, what you do is n- not my concern. As long as you don't touch me or mines, and I said mines, yes, with an S, mm-hmm. um, that's super black. We're, we're straight. You know what I'm saying? Like, just don't, don't, don't hurt my family. We're yeah. good, right? I'm yeah. not, you know, of course, there's certain things I'm not going to do. There's a certain code I live by. But for sure, the most part, sure. like, do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, in, I just, I can go so deep into, again, music and spiritual stuff we can go into so long. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to throw back to you because yeah. that's basically where I am at this point. And I think for me, and I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm, I'm almost confident that this, this is mm-hmm. true for you too. It doesn't say that from a, it doesn't mean that from when we say do whatever you want to do, live your life, it doesn't mean that we don't care about other people's spirituality right. and their, yeah. as, as the old saying would say, where you're going to spend eternity, right? It don't mean we don't care. Yeah. It just means right. that I'm not spending my time policing your life. And I and no, that's what all. that's and that's how we grew up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So if you if Police you out here, it. you out here clubbing and doing all that kind of stuff, that's your that's your business, bro. Like right. I'm 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 not here to stop you. If anything, I'll give you wisdom and be like, hey, like you out here every weekend, bro. One, that's that's probably financially because outside yeah. is expensive <laughs> right and then right. two like that lifestyle is just not sustainable if you're doing that right. every single like that's the that's the perspective i'm gonna come at with you versus yeah. you're going to hell because you was in the club like you know what i'm saying like no you know and, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming at you like that I, I i want you to i tell people i used to tell my college students and you know i, I didn't you know some stuff i didn't take back to mosley but i would tell them you know mm-hmm. we have our group gatherings i would tell them around homecoming I would tell them mm-hmm. around graduation and spring mm-hmm. break. I said, go out there and have fun, but be responsible. Yeah. And I was like, and I ain't, and I ain't even got to explain to y'all what that means. And everybody looked at me like, y'all hear me? They was like, we hear you, Josh. And that, and that was it because I, I was mm-hmm. a college student who was trying yeah. to navigate dogmatic ideologies but still wanting to have yeah. fun, right? And I saw what my peers were into, some stuff that I didn't do because I was like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and and mm-hmm. some stuff I did do, but I, but I also understood like the not necessarily the challenges, but the temptations and the the availability yeah. of options that yeah. are out there when you were in college navigating spring break and homecoming and stuff like that. So my thing was be careful. Don't take a drink yeah. from nobody if you didn't pour it yourself. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> if you are underage right. drinking, you probably shouldn't be doing that because you're underage. But if you decide to do that, <laughs> don't be dumb and be out here and get caught and get kicked out of school. Like, like be intelligent, make wise decisions. And that's my perspective when it comes to pe- people and their faith and their life. Yeah. Right now, if you sit down and ask me some very detailed and nuanced questions mm-hmm. about salvation and things like that, <clears throat> I'm a, I'm I can only tell you what convicts me. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I because Paul very clearly says, lay aside every every sin and every weight that so easily besets Beset. you. You now the Bible lists out some of the sins, right? Mm-hmm. But the Bible doesn't describe what those weights are. Right. Right. And and then the Bible also gives us in some of Paul's writings how we navigate certain things depending on who we're around. Right. Mm-hmm. If this offends your brother, don't do that. You, right. you should probably think through this. Paul said yeah. if you're horny, just get married. Right. Stuff that really ain't wise. 
we're gonna keep it a book. Hello. Right? Hello. So so some stuff you gotta take with a grain of salt. Some stuff you gotta the Bible is also is our spiritual compass, but the Bible is mm. also a historical piece of literature. Right. Yeah. So you gotta look at it from like some of those writings were meant for the context of that time and though and also Paul and some of the other disciples' writings. I mean, me and Brian just said we can get stuck. Those writings were also directed to certain groups of people. Yeah. Those epistles were written to that church and to this church yeah. and to that group. So it yeah. might not even have, like some some of that stuff isn't even fully applicable mm-hmm. to everybody because it was it, it was Paul was addressing issues that they was going through. Brethren, yeah. I write you because like he's yeah. talking to them, right? And it and it yeah. doesn't mean that his wisdom wouldn't have been shared across the board, but he was right. it's almost like a therapist. I may have mm-hmm. some catch-all stuff, but if I'm dealing yeah. with Brian, I'm dealing with you. Yeah. And if I give that yeah. to you, that might not work with Josh. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So and that mm-hmm. and so so if you have a one-on-one conversation with me, like what you may hear me say, I'm not going. I'm not going to be on multiple sides of the fence, but I am yeah. going to give you what I'm going to give you what I believe the my interpretation of the word, what I believe mm-hmm. to be true, and I'm going to also yeah. let you know how I navigate life in a particular way. And you have yeah. to make your choices, just like salvation is a choice. You have to make those choices, and that's the biggest difference, Brian, between yeah. me then and me now. It is. Yeah. It is not beating the Bible over your head. I believe if, if I love folk, like you said, if I treat mm-hmm. folk right, yeah. yeah, if I treat folk right. And then I exemplify a certain level of just decent living, right? Yeah. Then I am walking, I am showing you a level of faith, right? If and, yeah. and then my connection to God is rested on my ability to worship, my Bible reading, mm-hmm. my prayer life, yeah. things like that. I mm-hmm. know folk who poof still fast and pray every Tuesday and Friday. That ain't my that ain't yeah. that ain't my testimony, right? Nah. But I do feel like if I'm feeling called to to really seek God for something, I know what to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I got a bottle of oil sitting on my desk right here. Hello. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, so there, so yeah. there are certain things I'll never abandon. I, yeah. I, I know yeah, where not, my never. help comes from. You know what I'm saying? So to yeah. speak. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not going to say you need to keep a bottle of oil on you. Ladies, they tell us take that oil and go anoint your, your 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 boss desk. Now, what if I'm walk? What if they come to work early and I'm in there slapping <laughs> oil on their desk? Now I look crazy. Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? But but but, but how but how easy is for me to anoint my own hands? Mm-hmm. Walk into the office and be like, Lord, keep me while I'm here. Yeah. I think that that is just as effective. Right, oh, yeah. then some of the other stuff. So you know what I'm saying. So it's just like that's some of the spooky stuff, and all the other. Stuff. I'm not saying that it ain't necessary because I'll never tell anybody what uh-huh. is necessary for their faith. What yeah. I'm saying is that I've learned and I've grown to a space where right. I ain't got a hikama shy uh-huh. just to you know just to get my point across. I ain't got to condemn nobody to hell yeah. just to just to get them to believe and come to Christ. And I don't yeah. have to I don't have to follow all the traditional religious um, tenets. Yeah. That we were taught mm-hmm. just to validate my faith, right? Yeah. I don't think that, and they, they, and that can go as far as as frivolous as cl- the clothing I wear at church, yeah, all the way to like I said, the oil that still sits on my desk, right? There's duality yeah. in all of this, right? When I, I might bust out. Right. I was speaking in tongues before the, on the pre-show that I just felt yeah. God, right? Yeah. And de- and Poppy's home was a song of the week, so it's just <laughs> it's just it's just I've learned to navigate life in a way that allows me to live abundantly but still honor yeah. reverence and respect god yeah and that's 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 uncle josh yeah, i think within that like I've, you've taken ownership and i would say this thing about myself i've taken ownership of my faith it is my faith right and i love you know when we think about your personal relationship with jesus christ yeah your personal my, my personal it, my personal is different than yours the holy spirit speaks to me differently than it speaks to you like and that's the thing we I think we mm, understood yeah, yeah. in life. We taught people, and that's what I teach people. If I, you know, I, when I teach about discipleship and stuff like that, I tell people God wants you to be you. 
the best you like that he wants you to be like mm-hmm. so your so your your um call your desires your you know uh, gifts talents is it's 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 you and yeah. the holy spirit speaks to you specifically so yeah i'm i'm not you know in you know, I already have my thoughts about, you know, doctrines for whole denominations, you know, yeah, things of that nature yeah, yeah. being given to the leader. And then you put it on everybody else, putting a weight on everybody else. That's your weight. Right. But the, the, to answer, I guess to encapsulate all of this in the 30s, my faith is, is turning to my faith. It is mine and my personal relationship with God. And and nobody you know, I, I'm, I'm not you can you can say what you want to say to me and be like, hey, man, this is they're saying it, this is that and I'd be like, OK. And mm-hmm. I may listen, but like my faith is my faith, it and I might even receive it. Yeah, I may receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my faith is my faith, and I'm at this point. When I was younger, I would allow people to 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 poke and be like, you know, this you need to blah blah. But I'm like, but that's this is my faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me do this, and I'm as I'm continuing every day, growing and seeking. Of course, we don't do all the right things all the time. Yeah, no. But within that, you know, I know I like you said, I know where my help comes from. I know, you know, what the Holy Ghost tells me, mm-hmm. uh, and and I lead by that. That's yep. me. And, I, and the only thing I'll add to that, you know, before we move on, is that how many times have we looked at somebody mm-hmm. in a previous version of our lives and said, mm, they ain't saved because mm. of something, right? Yeah. And 25-year-old Josh would be looking at 33-year-old Josh and be like, that nigga. That nigga not, ain't making it. <laughs> ain't going nowhere near heaven. <laughs> Nowhere near heaven. For real. For real. Nowhere near heaven. And it's not to say that we're doing anything crazy, but it's just a mere fact that I can unabashedly say I'm a Drake fan. Yeah. It's I can I can say that I got ten tattoos and I'm planning my eleventh before twenty three closes. Right. It's Brian. I want. Here's a new development that I really sent me to hell. I want one of the uh, Odell Beckham Jr. tats, like top of my hip to my ankle. I don't know what will cover that much of my body because I'm very meticulous <laughs> about my mm-hmm. my body art. But like I couldn't even I couldn't even fathom this one forearm tattoo, the smallest mm-hmm. one I have. Let alone talk about getting my entire left leg done, right? right. Like, and that's and then when I got my first tat, people said I was crazy because I got on my rib cage, which I kind of was. That's a crazy spot for your first tattoo. But you know the real reason why I did it because I was low key convicted. I'm like, I should be getting this tattoo. And my, mm-hmm. you, want, you want to hear the, the, the dichotomy of that? Mm-hmm. I had that conviction while Asher was seven months pregnant. Because <laughs> <laughs> we we, a group of us went to spring break and I got it. Y'all went to Orlando, spring right? Break. Went to Orlando. Yep. And I mm-hmm. got it. And she was like fully pregnant on that trip. But I guess what I'm saying, like, just think of, and that's just, that's just the growth. Like in the today of things, I say, I'm getting a tattoo. My mom be like, y'all need another tattoo. I'd be like, all right. And I show up with the tattoo because yeah. it's my body. I understand the context of tattoos in Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. People got them as like almost as they got them to honor the day. And all that. it was a lot of spiritual stuff behind it. And my yeah. tattoos don't do any of it. Yeah. <laughs> it don't do none of that, right? And those are specific things. Like, and I don't want to get into some of the nuances of Old Testament, like pork and yeah. mixed fabrics, because we can go down a rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, because we can, we can go down. We can hole. go there. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that, you know, Today's Josh is far more liberated, but still very connected to what yeah. I believe to the source. And there yeah. are things, there are things, even still, like when I'm navigating certain spaces in life, I'll be like, man, I need to go drink. And I'll get convicted. I will and be like, I don't, I don't need no drink. But it don't mean that I ain't gonna have one next weekend. It just meant right. that for whatever reason, <laughs> in mm-hmm. that moment, God was like, no. And it could have been like, I don't want you to get dependent on that because you had a bad day. 
We don't want to yeah. go down that road, Josh. That's yeah. how strong my connection still is. I didn't yeah. feel the I didn't feel condemnation because I was about to have the drink. I felt the condemnation. Pastor Rogers would say this with his traditional self. And I said I was gonna leave it alone, but I just can't stop talking about the Lord. <laughs> he used to say, Ain't nothing wrong walking down Bill Street. But one day hmm. you're gonna walk down Bill Street, you're gonna go to one of them clubs. Ain't nothing wrong with going into the club. But mm-hmm. one day you're gonna go into the club and you're gonna sit at the bar. Ain't mm-hmm. nothing wrong with sitting at the bar. But one day you're gonna sit at the bar, you're gonna have a drink. And then he kind of stopped there because I don't think he wanted to tell us ain't nothing wrong with having a drink. <laughs> but his point was, and in in that very antiquated thing was, yeah. if you know your vices, don't set yeah. yourself up. And I think yeah. that's what this, my, my deeper faith has allowed me to under, I'm able to identify my trigger and my vices. So like yeah. you said, Brian, even with music, I know some people who can't listen to sex music at all. Cause yeah. it's just gonna turn them. I could be like, I got a Chris Brown playlist, and you know some of Chris Brown music. Ooh, mm-hmm. I could listen to "Take Me Down" right now and not be horny. It could just yeah. be background music, and I might stop and body roll while I'm typing. Yeah. But it ain't yeah. gonna. I ain't. I ain't finna like go find somebody to bust down, or when Ashley come home, you know, put my dick on the table. <laughs> like that's, that's that's. It's not gonna be that. It does. But I know people who can't handle that. I know folks yeah. who can't watch sex scenes in movies. Yeah, they can't yeah. handle it. I know people who can't even be around liquor. Because of yeah. their past with it, right? I can have a yeah. glass of wine, three, four, five of them if I want to, and right. and and will, and and won't have another one for another month if that was right. my choice, and not just yeah. my choice. Sometimes just by virtue of life, I don't crave it. I don't want anything, right? So these are the kind of things that that has shifted, right? When you're able to identify, mature, and grow up, and there's some things you just don't do because you, like you said, you have your own boundaries, whatever, and your own convictions. Some stuff is just a conviction for me, yeah, for you. Right. And, and that's yeah. okay too. But I don't impose yep. that on other people. Right. And that's the right. big difference. Yeah. Huge difference. All right. All right. So let's 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 kind of navigate that into a because uh, I feel like we could I feel like we can have so many things we could talk about with that. But let's kind of navigate that into like social dynamics. Right. How have you seen yourself grow or mature socially now that you're kind of, you know, as we're easing into our uncle era? Um, even as reserved as I, I am now, I'm still open. I'm more open to just to people. Like they're talking about as far as like hanging out with people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I will say the great thing about my career kind of has forced me to be a little more social. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, I still could probably be like way more social, but you know, I just kind of like to keep it myself a lot. Sure. Um, but I will say that as an older person, I realized that you, in order to, I don't want to say in order to succeed, but I will say to a certain level, in order to succeed in life, mm-hmm. you have to be open socially. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that as a as a young kid. I didn't understand that as a teenager. I didn't really understand it in my early 20s. Sure. Uh, but I've realized that you have to be a person that can socialize, talk to people, hold conversations, all the things. And it's funny that like at, at I never would have seen myself doing what I'm doing right now in my 20s. Like, I literally, my job is literally socializing. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Taking no, about entertaining, yeah. taking them with this, taking them with that, having conversations, calling people, say, hey, how are you doing? Just checking, checking, you know, connecting with people and stuff like that. I, you know, <clears throat> that's literally what I do every single day for, my, for work. So, I, you know, I've realized also that like that is something uh, that is necessary in terms of yeah. life and growth and uh, exposure. Oftentimes we think mm-hmm. about exposure as being, you know, traveling and doing all that kind of stuff. Exposure is also talking to people who 
probably mm-hmm. look nothing like you or even look mm-hmm. like you have different yeah. backgrounds and that exposure is something because you're learning things from other people either be good or bad or you could be you could be another black person you know from like i i'm i'm you're from memphis i've yeah. learned from stuff from you right chris is from atlanta i've learned stuff from him I've learned stuff about Atlanta from Chris. I've learned stuff about Memphis from you. I've learned stuff about Minnesota from Asher. I've learned stuff about Virginia from Lauren. Like cer- certain foods and, and terminology and stuff like that. I've learned from yeah. folks um, because we just had conversation. We just, mm-hmm. you know, I was open socially. I was socialized. Lime, you know, fraternity. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that's a whole different lifestyle of of getting to know people and getting to know brothers and and learning their backgrounds. And that's just black people in yeah. our same settings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That doesn't talk about the, the white folks we talk to on the golf course or at in our in our work settings and stuff like that, or Latinos. That, like stuff, social dynamics are important in terms of uh, talking to people. Uh, but then also uh, think about, you know, understanding like social justice. Mm-hmm. About that, social justice, mm-hmm. like, you know, understanding how those things were. I didn't understand a lot of, of even some of the... Uh, the dog whistle politics and stuff like that. I didn't know a lot of that stuff when I was in my twenties. Now I'm a little more sensitive to stuff. So things just socially in general, I'm way more aware. Uh, of course I can continue to still learn. Of course, you mm-hmm. know, we always do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that, I get, you know, I just realized that meeting people, understanding people, being exposed to people gives you a whole different perspective on life. Uh, than what, than what you would have when I was in my twenties, when I was so, Closed to meeting new friends, and you know, I mean, basically, yeah. my, my my thought process. Y'all know that no new friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I got you my, said it a lot. No new friends, but now it's like, eh, let's let's meet some new people. Not that I'm getting rid of my old friends. Let's meet sure, some new sure, people, sure, sure. new perspective, new background, and I can learn some things. So that's that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I would agree to a certain extent. So like, I so for whether you want to believe it or not, mm-hmm. I am an introvert by nature. Mm-hmm. I am a trained extrovert. Yeah. The ability to, as some people would call it, command a room and do this and do that, does not yeah. did not come um, easy to me. It it, it was foreign. Um, mm-hmm. Even in school, I feel like if I had adopted what I adopt now, and I was at Morehouse, oh, my trajectory would have been so much more yeah. um, different um, or further. And I think you know all things happen the way they need to happen. But I think the older I got, to your point, Brian, I've identified. I was never the no new friends guy. I was always skeptical of people. Yeah. I still am to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. But I, but I would become a shell of myself in a lot of rooms. Mm-hmm. Today, when I step in rooms, I take up space. And there are some <laughs> rooms where I still don't, right? I still like, yeah. you know, but as I get, it, it's going to take me a, like a moment of self-talk and I'm taking up that space. And yeah. so now to your point, to be in a job where I'm encouraging folks to take up space and be audaciously themselves, <laughs> that's the trainings that I right. do. So that, so that means that I have to, I have to show up in a particular kind of way sometimes. Yeah. Right. And some of the choices I make, even with my hair and my, and what I wear are representative of what I do and what I'm trying to teach and show. Um, so I've identified, like, I know community has always been important, but I've identified that sometimes community isn't just the best friend, isn't just the family yeah. or the family, right? Um, or even the really close associates. But sometimes community is identifying who's in that space, yeah. in that current space, who mm-hmm. can not only help you, but, but even could just be a good connection for the moment. How many times, Brian, have you maybe been in a space and mm-hmm. you know, you probably ain't gonna ever see nobody in their room ever again. 
but you mm-hmm. found your quote unquote best friend in the moment. Like that's the yeah. person you connected with. So the whole day, yeah. like I've, I've been in conferences where that's my friend the rest of this conference. Cause I don't know yeah. nobody else here, but we've, right. even if it's just the fact that we two black men, we connected yeah. on that level and we're going to hang on oh, we yeah. see each other. We're going to sit at the table. We're going to have a conversation. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Right. And that to me, that's the power of community. But there was a time to where I'd be like, nope, I, don't, I would just sit and you can come yeah. sit over here with me. But now I'm like, oh, is this seat open? Right. Cause I'm identifying the need yeah. for community yeah. and to be social and never knowing, right. How that moment could lead to maybe long-term friendship or at least some type of connection that's beneficial in the long run, right? So I think yeah. to your point, I absolutely agree that it is valuing. I mean, Miles Monroe always talked, you know, had the famous quote that it is your mm-hmm. is your network, right? The people that you know, your community is the real currency, right? Yeah. And we and we hear it all the time. It's your network, not your net worth, but it's true, right? Yeah. right? Because yeah. there are people, like there are people. We talked about this a little bit earlier. We were joking. Who did not go to school? Don't have no mm-hmm. degrees. None of yeah. that different type of stuff. But their trajectory has been what it's been because of who they know, who they're connected yeah. to, who they're aligned with. And it's allowed them to be in spaces that they otherwise would not have been in. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Anything else you want to yeah. add on that part before we move yeah, on? I guess I would ask it would be more like a question. Sure. Right. So in a lot of these spaces now, now that you're more accomplished in starting status, right? Mm-hmm. And from his career and education, all that kind of stuff. Sure. You may not have been as accomplished in your twenties. Now you're way more accomplished in your 30s. Do you feel that you have more of a confidence now because you're more established and you can kind of lean on the or have more confidence in the fact of like, nigga, I've done things, right? I've been to places so I can have the conversations in rooms because I know who I am because I've done all of these things. I feel like that's definitely a part of it. I think yeah. it's, I think is. I think that's, I would give it almost 45% of it. Um, yeah. On one end, like, I've always kind of known who I was, but like I said, I would just mm-hmm. be a shell of myself. So I'd be like, mm. yeah. but now, like you said, I got three degrees to back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff that I've done in the DEI space, the stuff that I've done in my short time in an official journalism capacity, I got people who got degrees. I know people who got degrees in journalism. They had some of the interviews and written some of the pieces that I've written, right? So mm-hmm. I'll walk in the rooms and be like, I'm a journalist. Yeah. And I'll talk about this, but you know what I'm saying? Or I'll be like, I'm like, we talk about D and I, I give my point and I, and I put it on the table. This is my perspective. Yeah. Whereas there will just be moments where I'll like black conversations about like black thought will come up and I'll have an opinion, mm-hmm. but I'll be like, mm, that ain't my space. So I'm gonna leave it alone. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I will stop. So I think there is a point, like it is the, the qualifications of it all does, yeah. cause I can, I can back it up. But then I think there's the other, I think that other 55% though, Brian, it's just, it is, it, it is this uncle error. I think yeah. what I think. Yeah. My perspectives are my perspectives. My right. beliefs are my beliefs. And we can go mm-hmm. back and forth. And a lot of times, I ain't going to say everything, because some stuff is just objective opinion. But a lot of yeah. times, if I'm going to say something, let's just use DI as an example, I'm going to have historical research content to back mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. I ain't going to just come at you and say, white supremacist is the ocean, not the shark, and not explain the ways in which that is true. Right? Yeah. I'm, that, that, that's not a clickbait statement for me. That's real. Yeah. And I'm explaining to you what's just redlining. Mm-hmm. And I can drop the mic right there. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's just a thing. So I think the qualifications, yes, but also it is, it is, it's a, it's, it's a knowing about myself yeah. now that gives me that confidence mm-hmm. to be like, um, to be in social spaces and, and be confident with who yeah. I am and regardless of the space. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So look, a couple of more and, um, We'll kind of end it here. We talk about money. We kind of talk about money management and responsibility a little bit when we talk about 21st, 30s, but I really want to get to this one. 
um, mm-hmm. um, masculinity. Okay. And what that means to you today, um, you know, what does, what does, how has your masculinity evolved? Your thoughts around it? Are you living, are you, is, is Uncle Brian in his soft era? Like, what, <laughs> what, you know, what is it? What is that? Uh, uh, so, you know, oftentimes, and, and I, we, I think our faith is what's so attached to our masculinity because mm-hmm. a lot of the masculine that we were taught was in our faith, which was hella toxic. Like I'm not talking about the, yeah. I, and I, I, I'm just in over R and, and, it's, and I think it, it, it could be, it's like catch wing too. It's like black folks. And then also like black folks taught by masculine in the black church and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. It was like a cycle of teaching what masculinity is. And mostly masculinity was really just don't be gay. Right. If we, if we sum it down, like, that was basically what it was. Mm-hmm. Don't be gay. Don't act don't, like a woman. Don't even have the appearance of it. <laughs> right. That's masculinity. Not it, or a man don't work, a man don't eat. Right. So bring home that paycheck to your woman. You can do whatever mm-hmm. you want to do in life. But as long as your family has a house and, and food. Mm-hmm. And give her the check. Whatever you want. Give her the check. Yeah. But you can do whatever you want. You can slap her. You can beat her. You can cheat on her. You, you can do all the things you want to do. But as long as you bring that check home, you are fine. Yep. Okay. Um, but no, like so masculine to me is based off of my faith. It's the idea of one multi-layered. One is, you know, I do believe in the the you know, man don't work, don't eat, or the sure. person that man no man don't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've researched that, and that's not just talking about providing in terms of money, right? The 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 translation, not trying to be deep, the translation based talks about the thought of your family. Mm-hmm. Right. So masculinity to me is if I'm a man that has a wife and a child, I'm thinking about my family, either that yep. be providing for them um, financially, but also the uh, emotional intelligence of the mm-hmm. things. Right. Um, so trying to be and again, I'm not perfect, but always trying to be, you know, thoughtful of their emotional well-being. Sure. But then also being thoughtful of my emotional well-being. <laughs> Where masculinity back in the day was like, nigga, you're not important. It's your wife and your kids are and important. Especially like, not your feelings. Yeah, your, your feelings, your feelings don't mean nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? But now, like, I'm more in tune to my feelings, which is masculinity. So masculinity is really one being in touch with your feelings, stuff like that. Another thing was fashion, you know, mm. you know, not doing this, not doing that. <sighs> Long hair was a thing, even though I'm from California and it wasn't really a thing, but you know, still masculinity. People, you know, people have long hair. This is the longest. My hair has been longer than this, but I grew my hair out. You know, uh, you know, if I, I've never worn it outside, but I had a, I wore it, I had a ponytail in my house one time, like it was, it was really long. Um, having conversations and not really being concerned about, you know, saying pause or no mm. homo or mm. stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. nigga, like that's that stuff is is just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling like. Feeling like in this, you know, some staunch folks may believe this. Feeling like homosexuality is like, you know, it's freaking uh, what's the word? Uh, contagious. Like the, yeah, like the plague or something. I can't get yeah, me like, around you. Can't be around homosexuals because you nigga, you gonna start sucking dick. Like, like what? Like that's, that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. Like and but that's masculine. But as a younger person, you know, I've talked about this before. Like. That's what I was. We were taught, like you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so you you distance yourself from certain folks because you feel like your masculinity is is intact or not intact, but is 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 under attack. And then also you you know uh, caring about what people think about 
you telling somebody you love them, and I was always meant to personally love them, but I wouldn't tell my gay friends I love them because you didn't want to think that you know they trying to get at you. You know what I'm saying? Stupid stuff mm-hmm. like that. A bunch dumb of stuff. Dumb stuff that yeah. was based off of just um, erroneous teaching, um, things of that nature. Um, we can talk about self-care, you know, masculinity. You can't do this, can't wear that, can't get mm-hmm. manicure, pedicures, mm-hmm. can't have no glossy nails, stuff my like God. that. Like, like early 20s, Brian was hella staunch and like, and, and I was macho. Like, macho as hell, but still couldn't even change a tire. Like, what the hell was that? Um, but it was like based off of that that false doctrine of masculinity. You know what I mean? Uh, 38-year-old Brian, nigga, it is with it. I'm me. Like, I'm not about to be on some pause. So I can say something. I'm not about to be like pause. I'm not about like it is what it is. Like, if, if you gotta if you if you if you wanna say I'm this or that, like by all means. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't care about that. I don't yeah. care about my ma- masculinity doesn't mean anything to me at this point. Like, and it sounds bad, but I don't, I don't live my life saying, how can I present the most masculine? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I'm a man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a man. I'm masculine. I present how I present. Like, and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to pass somebody else how they present. Like, that's another, let me encaps- encapsulate all of this. I don't care about nobody else. Twenties, I cared about other people. Thirties, y'all live y'all life. I'm gonna live mine. As long as you don't come after me, we are straight. So I guess if I did I answer the question, I believe I answer the question. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. I agree. Um, I think there's a there's an interesting dichotomy for me. Mm-hmm. I was never the most manly <laughs> person. <laughs> um, wasn't into sports. Still, I think I am more into sports today. That I've ever mm-hmm. been in my life. And it ain't got nothing to do with the <laughs> the parody of Jaharaj Avilet abbreviation. It has much to uh-huh. do with my children. Yeah. And they're Jaden more particularly, who's really into sports. Yeah. So it is a it is how I bond with that child. Um, mm-hmm. one of the ways that I do that. And then because me and my dad's relationship is, you know, kind of in that friend, you know, we talk about it. Um, I've I didn't play sports. I was always mm-hmm. more into the arts. Yeah. Um, but I was also very aware of how I presented. Yeah. And I didn't want, you know, just because I do this don't mean that. Mm-hmm. Or just because I don't just because I don't do this don't mean that I was I was always mm-hmm. trying to do the most. Yeah. To ensure that yeah, yeah. Right, that I came off most and a lot of times it still didn't work. People still thought what they thought about me, said what they mm-hmm. said. And and and, yeah. and it bothered me a lot. Today, yeah. People gonna yeah, say what people gonna say. You know what I'm saying? They say what they want to say. But like, I was the guy who got my first manicure like 18, 19, but it was like mm-hmm. just a manicure, and then I slowly went to you know buff. My mm-hmm. last manicure, I got a jail top. Put my nails in the in the in the um, in the in the in the in, in the machine with the with mm-hmm. the you know with with the blue light with the infrared lights. And my yeah, manicure yeah. lasted for about two and a half weeks. <laughs> and I work out. I wash my hands. Like you know, I cook. Like and it's yeah. and it's just because like it's not. It's it's just as shiny as a regular clear coat, but something about yeah. you said you got gel polish makes it far more feminine, right? But I'm just yeah, like, yeah. it's a better quality product. And it's, right. and if this is what I want, it's gonna last. Like if I got regular gel, I mean regular nail polish, and I went and washed dishes, my nails chipping. I look crazy. Mm-hmm. Reverend, this is three weeks old, and it's just starting to you know to to look bad, right? And I say all that to say I don't care what you think anymore, right? Yeah. I got my ears pierced. At 28. Because yeah. I cared about 
what the church said, women get their ears pierced. And I didn't just get one. I got both of them. Yeah. To your point about hair, my hair is the, I got, I wear braids, box yeah. braids, pop mm-hmm. smoke braids, whatever kind of braids. I wouldn't even thought about that. And I think yeah. some of that is so tied to church. Like, mm-hmm. you don't look, ain't no preacher around here with no braids. What? Jesus yeah. likely had locks. I mean, that's what E40 said anyway. But, <laughs> but it's, but because of the, the time frame he was in, he, it, if it wasn't yeah. locked up, he definitely had long hair. And I'm yeah. almost guarantee you it wasn't slick back like a certain evangelism president, right? It was laying down. Oh. And but but I'm just saying, even when even in spaces where people try to be more like they they try to stay, I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna do it in this way. I don't know that Jesus around here wearing like this very like you know what I'm saying, conservative. Like, no, it was just manicured, like yeah, it just, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it did what it did. So my thing is like, I don't know. Masculinity for me has evolved in the sense that I I'm not worried about being the best version of the man you think I should be. I'm more worried mm-hmm. about being the best Josh I can be. Yeah. And that is just who I, I'm, I am going. I'm going to be me. Right. There yeah. are far more days. I ain't going to say far more days, but there are days where I would much rather listen to Beyonce than Yo Gotti. Right. <laughs> um, there are times where I would rather sit on my couch, maybe with a cucumber mask, than to be outside cutting <laughs> Right. It's, it's just, yeah. it's just. It's just what I prefer. And then I'm also in the space, you know, talking about what masculinity is and being, you know, I make a certain amount of money. I'm at the stage of my life. I much rather pay for convenience than prove my masculinity and my manhood. to Yep. I still can't change the tire and I do not care. (laughs) That is what insurance (laughs) is for. That's what roadside assistance is for. That is what the Georgia, the Georgia people is for. Right. I know how to cut my grass, but I don't like Mm -hmm. being out there in the heat. That's what the man I pay $40, $50 to cut my front and back and my bushes. That's what I pay that man to do. That that Asian man, he does a great job, right? Now, am I one (laughs) day going to get out there and teach my sons? Because I feel like like certain things, if you know how to do it, let me show you the skill. Because you may Mm. be in a space like I was in one day where I didn't have the money to afford a landscaper. So you need to know something you need to know. It's it's good to know how to do, right? But like with a a car, I think it will be a good skill to know how to change a tire. But I li- quite literally can't drive without car insurance. Yeah. And in what world am I getting car insurance without roadside assistance? Right. So you know what I'm saying? So it's like some stuff is like, like and depending you know, on what kind of car you have, like if you have like a luxury vehicle, like it's included in it's included infi- in some of the packages, right? And all, these, will, and all these different cars. Getting, I can, I, now sometimes I <laughs> wish I say I wish I could change my own oil to save some money, but at the same time, I make that appointment at Nissan. I drive Lady Eloise right on up there. <laughs> That's the name of my car. Uh-huh. And uh, I drive on up there and she get her oil change. And they tell me what else I need. And I be like, I came here for an oil change. Right. That's and, it. That and that's it. it. That we, think, it. We, we think about that cabin filter next week. Well, sir, it's bad, bad quality air. The ozone layer is poached anyway. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die. <laughs> what they say in ozone, if I die, let me die in the army, the army the of army the Lord. Lord. <laughs> um, but no, so like, I think what encapsulates that conversation for me is my job is to be the best Josh. Yeah. And that may not fit your standard. Right. And I, but, and, and, and it used to bother me mm-hmm. because I didn't fit the standard. Yeah. Right. You don't do this. And you know, I wore baggy clothes back in the two thousand cause that was the style. Mm-hmm. But like when the skinny jean era came, I slowly went into it and I yeah. fully embraced it. Right. Yeah. P- Brian, you know me. I love a floor print. I love yeah. a flower. I will wear a flower shirt in any any time of the day. I'm a, a mm-hmm. flower power child. I can't and can't keep a flower alive to save my life. But on a shirt, <laughs> it's mine. You know, but it's it's yeah. just what I like. I like bright colors. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think earth tone, like yellows and stuff look really good on my skin. Mm-hmm. So like you're going to see me in the yellows and oranges and greens and all this different kind of stuff. Whereas at another time, you know, I might have been more muted. Yeah, and what I put, I want the, I want to look like a preacher, whatever that means. Right? Yeah, uh, yes, um, I understand that. You know what I'm saying, whatever that. that means, right? But today, like, you know, and it's certain th- again, my own personal convictions. Like, I ain't wearing no shorts to church. It's just my business, right? Yeah, and yeah. I ain't judging nobody who do, but it's right. just me. But mm-hmm. like, I'll come in at like when my hair ain't done, oh, this hat will be on. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and and I make no apologies for it. I mm-hmm. went to Rock of Ages. Last summer, and um, I they took put me out of retirement. I did a I did a choir workshop. My God, last August, and I was bro, I was debating. I I went back. I said it's hot in Memphis, and I did not want to wear a short sleeve shirt because of all these <laughs> all these tats. <laughs> and brother, I put on that short sleeve shirt and went in there and directed and talked them parts. And <laughs> after rehearsal, they was all like, "We did not know you were just tatted." I said, "But did it affect the music?" Right. And any other time that I ministered, did you feel empowered and blessed? They were like, "Yes, yeah, it." So it didn't matter whether I had them or not, mm-hmm. right? And and I and I want because I knew what they were going, and I wanted to shut that down immediately and be like, "You received me when you didn't know, right? And you got it. Mm-hmm. Now that you know, none of that changes because right. I still had them, right? So if I was living in sin because of the tattoos, then I was living in sin back then. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I, I'm in a space to your point. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, and again, it's not that I don't care totally, but like certain things, this is just I am going to authentically present as Josh. Yeah, and if that yeah. bothers you, then be bothered and be bothered, but be bothered somewhere away from me. Yeah, because I ain't got capacity for it. Yeah, right. Um, it's just it's just who I am is is how I navigate life is 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 how I am. Um, I want one of the crossbody like um fanny pack things by Coach, yeah, not because nice. I want a fanny pack, but I want one. They and they got a nice like leather red one, bro. I want one mm-hmm. because like when we go to Tampa and we walking yeah. around maybe on the beach, I ain't trying to have no. Backpack and a big, you know, wallet yeah. sticking out my, my, my swim trunks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. yeah. it's convenient. Some stuff is convenience. And if it's in style right. and it's a thing, then I'm going to embrace it. There are certain things I, no shade to the guys who wear lacy shirts. I don't want a lacy blouse. It's just my uh-huh. preference. And it's just what yeah. it is, right? I know guys who I said I was Mike Todd's extensions, right? I didn't <laughs> get braids until my hair was a certain length. And that was, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to be patient. <laughs> And I'm, you know, but, and because wait, I took, wait on the Lord, listen. And again, I say, wait, that's the <laughs> word. He, he doubled down on that thing. But like, for me, it was two things. One, I didn't want the cockroach. I didn't want the cockroach era where I look crazy mm-hmm. with the mini braids. So mm-hmm. I was patient. And then two, I didn't want, I didn't want weave. Like I, I don't know how long my hair is going to grow. Cause I've never grown it, but I do know if I take care of it and follow certain routines, it's going to grow. And I'll be able to have braids at a decent length. And that's what I did, right? So, like, certain mm-hmm. things are just... And and listen, certain things are boundaries for me, not because I think that they're gay or super feminine. They're boundaries for right. me because it's just my preference. Right. And that's right. it. Like, I'm a clown. Like, Mike Todd is Mike Todd, right? And he's done great things in the kingdom. I'll never take it away from him. So, I may clown his hair, but I'm never mm-hmm. going to take... I'm not going to allow that to take away from the impact that that man has had. That is his choice. Right. Him and his wife and his people got to live with that. They, that, that don't... Mm-hmm. That, like you said, bro, how does that bother me and my family? How does that affect right, me? Don't. I think we talked about this on the podcast before, even with men with colored nails. I just said I get to jail. I don't want black, blue, green, yellow, red nails. But if the brother next to me was sitting there getting them, what does that do to me? Why am I right. even going to have a conversation about that? Like, that's, right. a, that's that man's choice. And you're allowed to think whatever you think about that, but I'm not going to waste my energy into that. It's just my preference that I don't do it, right? And so I think my masculinity now allows me to show up the way 
I want to show up in the world, but also give people space to show up in the ways that they show up. And if in their perspective, in their mind, if that's what masculinity is for them, who am I to question that? Right. Right. Who am I to say, you know, you know, and I think we all have our probably definitions of masculinity, femininity. And I also believe that we live. If we're going to be honest, we live in a hybrid of the two because we men still have estrogen hormones, right? Maybe not as much mm-hmm. because we're, you know, we're biologically we're men, right? But yep. there are some things, right? Like emotional intelligence and, and being able to emote and cry and express and all these different types of things. So anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but, but yeah, I think that's, it's that's a big deal though. Yeah. It's, it's always been for me, it's been more about perception than it was Yeah, really just all yeah. the things. And I'm yeah. in a space to where like now, you know, I think there's a certain yeah. part of us as humans where we do care what people think, but there's a larger part that yeah. really don't give a rat's yeah. And I feel like there's been the common theme with this uh, this conversation regarding like social dynamics, masculinity, spiritual perspectives. I think most of the time in my 20s, I was living for everybody else. Mm. Now I'm living for You know me. what I'm saying? Like living for other people. Like I'm doing this because I don't want people to think I'm doing that. I'm doing this because I want this. And now it's like, I, nigga, like I've... I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm really exhausted of trying to present a certain way so people can see me as they want to see me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or do yeah. things for that or like now it's like I'm just going to I just want to live. I just want to live my life and be as happy as I can. And that's that's, that's what, what it is. That's what the Walls group said. Just let I, me live my life. I, 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 I. Okay. <laughs> um anything else you want to add before we wrap up Brian and um I say we can go right back to the letter again because yeah. this is healing. Um, mm-hmm. But there's anything else you want to add before we go to the PO box? Um, those that oh, let, 20s. Let, me, let me do this before you okay. give out sage your, your Jerry Springer moment. <laughs> give us your sage wisdom, but also let us know in that how you are also just fully embracing your uncle Eric. Uh, so within that, I would say uh, those that are in your twenties like live life to your fullest, like. Niggas gonna talk, you know, but don't waste years, uh, as the Bible say, cashing your pearls before swine. Like My giving God. people stuff that they really don't deserve, they can't even handle it. They don't understand the value of it all. Um, figure out what you want to do in life. Enjoy life. Live for yourself, not for the others. Um, what I found out at in corporate spaces, you can be authentically you and still be promoted and have amazing careers. My I think we've God. learned that. Um, you can be authentic in your relationships and I'm still, we're still learning how to be hundred percent authentic across the board. Not just me, but everybody in general life, be authentic in your relationship, what you want, what you don't want. And don't settle for that. Be honest within your faith, be honest with God about who you are mm-hmm, have those mm-hmm. conversations with him. Um, hold true to your faith, right? I, I'm, I'm, I, the Lord is real. I'm going to say that without a shadow of a doubt, She's hold true to that, real. cling to that, read that word for yourself. Yeah. Like, Pass everything out. Unlearn everything you've learned. Unlearn mm-hmm. everything you learned about the Bible. Unlearn everything you've learned and been taught. Go in the Bible and relearn um, and then reestablish your faith within that, right? Mm-hmm. If, it, if it takes you to be baptized again, be saved again, whatever it is, reestablish your faith based off of your understanding of the Word of God. Reach out to us if you want to. Like, you know, me and Josh, we know the things about the Lord. Reach out to us if you have any questions about Scripture. I don't know why I'm saying that, but, you know, I have a feeling that we can kind of help you navigate some things as well. Um, Within that, uh, what was I supposed to say? How am I going to embrace myself? Um, I feel like the older I get, the more um, authentic I get. Uh, There's still some spaces where I feel like I really want to embrace, but also in terms of like be honest and be like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I like this. I don't like that. 
and really better tell some people off. I haven't been able to do that in my life. I've been kind of, you know, reserved in that with like kind of giving people the peace of my mind and sometimes still being like, okay, I'll do it even though I don't want to do it and I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. So that's the place I'm still growing is being authentic in terms of my feelings and what I don't want to do and being more of a no person than I am. Uh, but I'm embracing these, I'm embracing these thirties. I'm 38 this year, June 11th is my birthday, turning 38 this year. I'm in my late thirties, people of God. I'm embracing 40 years right around the corner. I'm okay with that. Uh, because God has been great to me. All of these areas in terms of money and social dynamics, masculinity, spiritual perspectives, self-care, like I've matured in all those areas and I feel like I'm better now than I was in my twenties. So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. grateful. For, I'm grateful for that. All right. And we can end it right there. I don't have anything to add. I would agree with all of that. Um, so Brian, let's yes. head on over to the PO box and see who wrote us. All right, we are here at the post office box and Rodney Jenkins did what he always does and that is to bring us our letter on time. But before we get into it, we want to let you know that you too can be featured on the Jigsaw podcast by writing in to ask the Jigsaw that is A-S-K, the Jigsaw at gmail.com. We'll do a few things. We're going to read your letter out loud if we like mm-hmm. it. We're going to give you a pseudonym because we respect your pronouns and your privacy. And then we're going to give you the best non-professional therapeutic advice that you can receive on Cicely Tyson's internet. So with that being said, understood and accepted, Brian, who do we have and what do they want all right pronouns mm-hmm. she her uh, let's go back to the blessed up report and call her sheila johnson sheila johnson all right mm-hmm. sheila johnson writes hey guys i want to say i really love the show thank you for the content each week i also agree that y'all need to bring the champagne wives back it was the mashup we didn't know that we needed they're oh, an amazing you. bunch they are. um so here's my letter I let a friend borrow hundred dollars, and although yep. I was skeptical, I did goes it down anyway. Here from here. There it goes. There it goes. <laughs> your little, it can be it can be a little funky hundred dollars, but you ask for it back. Uh, <laughs> I mainly let them borrow it because they promised to pay it back the very next week when they got paid. I have a lot for this. I hope, I'm finished reading it, but I have issues with this. Um, now you may be wondering why I was skeptical about lending a friend money. I was saving money for a trip, and was in between checks myself, so I did not want to dip into that. But she's my girl. So I like so so I was like I got her. Fast forward three weeks later, I have not received my money. I have followed up, and she is always responsive, saying she would give it back. Have received nothing. I'm ready to cut her. <laughs> I'm ready to cut her off or just whip her ass. <laughs> uh, at this point, it is not even about the money. It's about the principle. If you needed it, if you needed to have it, you should have said it. Otherwise, don't play in my face. We have been friends about seven years, so this really blows me. What should I do? Should I cut my losses and her or should I attempt to have a conversation or do I forgive and just move on? I have a strong feeling about what the two, what you two are going to say, um, but I want to hear it anyway. Thanks, Sheila Johnson. Mm. You said you had something, so go ahead. Yeah. So as a person who um, people always assume. Oh, (laughs) Uh. that I have a little something, I am oftentimes. My asked God. to uh you know loan money my god um countless times um my thought process regarding loaning money <laughs> is don't say yes if you need it back mm. mm-hmm. granted the person that you're loaning it to should be she have should have a certain level of 
um, um, what's the word I'm going to say? Ethics and morals mm-hmm. and a certain principle and character. Character, mm-hmm. right? Even the Bible says, if you loan something, pay it back. That's the word. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know. Um, you should have a certain. Give Caesar what is due Caesar. I am Caesar. Right. Um, <laughs> so you, as a person, if you, <sighs> if you, if if you borrow something, you should have every intention to pay it back. Mm-hmm. Right. Every intention. Mm-hmm. Every single intention. Um, when I loan something, I'm not gonna be looking for it, but just know mentally I'm like, got it. You know what I'm saying? To answer the question, what should you do? I, you know, if you if you really if it's about the principle of the matter, I will have the conversation. Would I loan to that person again? Hell no. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody if you loan some money to somebody and they don't pay you back, it you the fool if you loan the money again, right? Yeah. Um, my siblings may ask for some money and they may say, Can I, I borrow some money? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't expect them to bring, give back to me. They have they given back to me? Sure, but I'm give. I'm literally in my mind saying, all right, they need this. I'm just gonna give it to them. If they don't pay me back, we're all fine. Um, out of the ten times I've loaned people money, maybe seven, maybe three of those seven, t- ten times people pay me back. Because I'm not about to hunt you down and say, hey, mm-hmm. where's my money? I'm not about mm-hmm. to do that. Like mm-hmm. you should, you should just do it because it's right. Yeah. Right. Um. So what I have done is limited to who I would be open to even mm. loaning money. Because I want to say loan, I'm, I'm, I'm air quoting because it's not really a loan in my opinion. If I'm giving it to you, I'm loaning it to you, but if I don't get it back, I'm just going to be like, all right, chalk it up. But then that person will be removed from that list, right? Um, yeah, I, would feel, I feel like it's, it's important to you based off the information in the, in, the, in the letter. You feel some type of way about it. It's about the principle of it. Have the conversation. Don't take that L, but have that conversation and be like, hey, sis, like, you know, I loaned you $100. You know, you said you're paying back. If you don't have it, that's fine, right? If you need money, just say you need money, but don't don't say I'm going to give it back to you if you if you feel like you can't do that, right? Um, create those boundaries, those barriers, and and kind of, you know, protect yourself and then that, but you, it's, you got burned because they're probably not going to give back to you. And if they do give back to you, they probably gonna act like it's like oh you little funky you get your little fucking hundred dollars like if you needed it bad enough like no nigga you needed it bad enough because you borrowed it from me. Um, I don't know if I answered the question, but I'll yeah. just go back, have the conversation, create those barriers and boundaries, and realize that if you have if you're giving money away, you're probably not going to get it back. That's so mature. Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't make it a habit to lend money. <laughs> Period. And mm-hmm. when I do, that that list is also very small. Very small. It is smaller than Jesus in a circle. Um, <laughs> but when I do do it, to Brian's point, it is with someone who I so love and so care for mm-hmm. that if they didn't give it back, I would I would probably feel away. I ain't gonna lie to you because it's just mm. it's, it's to your point. It is the principle. Yeah, yeah. But I would accept it, and I would even have the conversation along the way to say, "Don't put a time mm-hmm. limit on it." Yeah. Pay me back when you can. Yeah. But pay me back. Right. Yeah. And, and so that means like it could be 12 years later. And if it's $100, mm-hmm. I, you know, I expect it at some point. The second thing that I think, let me just, let me just make you accountable too. Yeah. I don't lend out money I don't have. Yeah. If it's in a savings account that's for a trip, then that's what it's for. It's not for a loan. Right. Yeah. And if that I'm wasn't... in between checks myself, like, I'm not dipping into my, it's like me. That's just like Brian saying, Josh, I need a big favor. And I had to dip into my, my housing down payment to give it to him. I'm not doing that. No. Because what if like, I need to close? Him? Like, what if he can't get my money back before I close? Yeah. Now I got to explain it to my wife. 
I had so many things that need to have that would have to happen, right? So yep. like what if something comes up and a travel agent's like in the group trip? I'm just, just hypothetically say, we need this and you a hundred dollars short. Right. Like, and a hundred dollars in the grand scheme of things ain't a lot of money. No. But when it comes to like certain little pieces, a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Like that's still a hundred dollars. Right. Yes. So it ain't it ain't a lot of money, but it's not an insignificant amount of money either. I will right. say, especially for the working class and all that yeah. different kind of stuff, yeah. right? That the hundred dollar means a lot. I'll give you another example. I just booked an Airbnb and they was like, Josh, did you book it? And I was like, no, because I ain't got everybody money. And mm-hmm. I'm not booking this Airbnb for some nigga to say I'm pulling out or right. I'm going to pay you afterwards. No. If we the lose the house, nigga. we lose the house. Yes, that's and important. It's gonna, and then we're going to be at square one trying to find another one and Tampa didn't have that many nice places. Right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm telling you is that don't put yourself in the... First of all, you shouldn't have put yourself in a situation where this could have possibly happened. Mm-hmm. Because $100, like I said, is is not an insignificant amount of money. Right. Number two, what I said, Brian is mature. Like I'm going to have a conversation, but it's going to go a whole lot different than where Brian just went. I'm <laughs> going to let you know the ways in which you are classless and trifling. <laughs> I really am. Because if we're friends... Right. Yeah. Don't play like don't tell me I'm gonna pay you back next week or tomorrow. And then I'm asking I'm I, especially if you're following up and they're mm-hmm. constantly saying, I got you, I got you, and they never have you. I forget this, about you. At, right. at this point, at this point, you are you playing in my face. Yeah. And you don't think tell I'm me stupid. Give it, give it to me don't give tell it. me you go, like you know what I'm saying? And and that's why I would go off. And if that yeah. ends our friendship, because that's what I'm pissed off about now, is that you playing in my face. Yeah. You you dodge and stuff. And I'm pretty sure y'all friends on social. I'm pretty sure y'all ain't hung out like y'all used to hang out. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't talk like y'all used to talk. And when you do talk, is you asking for your money. So yeah. they also know that they're avoiding you. Mm-hmm. They probably out in the streets doing what they need to do. Right. Yep. And that's the stuff that irritates folks the most. You living life, you partying, you this, you that, you that. That hundred dollars you spent on that hookah, you could have gave it to me. I don't, yeah. I don't care about your hookah. I don't care yeah. about them shots. If I was with you, take it. I slap every shot out your face. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm petty like that because yeah. like. It's one thing to say I don't have it. It's one thing to kind of let it be like, you know what? Forgive the debt. But it's another thing for me to be asking you about it. I'm your yeah. friend. You yeah. see me chasing you and you yeah. still avoiding me. Like, that's yeah. what that's what I don't like. So you yeah. finna get dragged. Mm-hmm. You finna get dragged. And if I got to lay hands on you because of that dragon, then that might just what it had to me end up being. I'm sorry. Maybe that's still 20-year-old Josh. But Uncle Josh is going to whoop your tail if I need to. And then, and I don't, and I, and I wouldn't violence ain't my number one resort, but you are going to hear the real matters of my heart is what I'm saying. And yep. how I'm really, I'm really disappointed in you because if we were friends, it mm-hmm. shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be here. No, no, no. Cause you should have the, have the conversation. If you don't have yeah. it, you don't have the conversation. Have the conversation. Yeah. Man, listen, I'm going to pay you back when I can. Um, to me, and it's luckily I haven't been on the side of, of asking for the ball money. But I feel like if I was on that side, I would be adamant on the like, let me give them this money back because. I'm, and I'm giving you a plan if I can't even give it at once. Like, yeah. Hey, I, it's $100. Like, I'm still tight. I got paid. But can I give you 20 yeah. for the next two or three weeks? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Let me give you five yeah. payments or 20. Let me give you 50 today. And then I'm gonna, when I get paid in two more weeks, I'm going to give you another 50. If y'all friends, I'm like, bet, bro. Whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just get it to me. Like, we good. But, you, but you just not communicating? Yeah, you you dro- dodging me, yeah, and like you said, and you out hanging out, yeah, like you trifling, because they, cause they yeah, not that, just sitting at home looking. I can guarantee that. No, and it's a hundred. It ain't like they owe you five grand. They owe you a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that's different. If I owe you big money, then like I'm gonna need to pay you back in installments. But if I owe you a hundred dollars, yeah. nigga, that's fifty dollars per like, check, twenty dollars in five checks. Like you know, either way, that can be paid quickly. Yes, that can be paid yes. relatively quickly. Um, and if, mm-hmm. and if there are it's like. Circumstances that makes the hundred dollars difficult, 
I'm saying that up front. I need to turn it out till I get paid, but I'm not being honest. I want to win. I'm going to get it back to you because it's just tight. But my plan is to pay mm-hmm. you. Like, I'm saying that up front. I'm not saying I'm going to get it to you next week. Because I know I know yeah. darn well I ain't getting to you next week. You don't need me to lie to you like right. that. Right. Yeah. I agree. Anyway. I 100% agree. Yeah, Sheila, you didn't got me stirred up. I don't like that. I don't like I don't, nah, I, just, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't because to me that's abusing friendships and relationships and I don't like that. I'm gonna take advantage of me. Yeah, yeah. Because you think I got like, you think I got money. Like it, nah. and, and that's the thing that bothers me the most is like the fact you think like I'm gonna be okay. Like, no, like even if I'm gonna be okay, you shouldn't have your mindset like, oh, he's gonna be all right, he don't need it back. Like, no, yes. like and you just admitted back, you mean, were in between checks too. They don't know you had to go into your savings to do that. Right. But you made the sacrifice as a friend either big or small to do that for that person. So it's to me it's like a slap in the face, spin in the face, and it's disrespectful for them to be like, okay, you know, and and just not like, nah, that's not cool. And it would strain it would strain the friendship though. It would strain mm-hmm. the friendship. For yeah. sure. All so, right. Let's move on. Um ready to have a greater conversation. I am ready. I got something. <laughs> let's get it to it. Let me talk. Let me talk. All right, Puzzle Pieces, thank you for sticking around uh, for this episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. And this is where we are at with we call our greater conversation, mm-hmm, where we get mm-hmm. some things off of our chest. We say it all the time. Tomorrow's not promised. Cuss them out today. Um, Josh, I have something, but before I go into mine, do you have something? Nope, the floor is yours. The, okay. the floor is yours. So I'm passing mine uh, to a comedian My God. and fellow Laker lover. My God, uh, I remember Bubba him. Dub. I remember Bubba Dub, ninety four on Instagram, if you will. Okay, here it goes. Anthony Davis ain't nothing but a big sorry yellow asshole. That's all he is, a big sorry yellow asshole. Girl playing his playing his heart out, and that's how y'all doing. Dino trash. You pack your shit up tonight and get the hell up out of LA. Ain't this shit for us? Always talk about the rev and they lose. Shout out to Bubba Dub, man. <laughs> Listen, uh, if you go to his page, Bubba Dub is Bubba Dub94. Um, any commentary on the Lakers, yes. As a Laker fan, I 100% agree with it's spot on. I remember it's hilarious a couple man. of seasons ago when they couldn't beat the Grizzlies and <laughs> Bubba Dub was <laughs> going off. I mean, they lost every regular season game to the Grizzlies and yeah, Bubba Dub was, was not happy <laughs> with the Lakers a few seasons ago. Um, trash. So he's, yeah. LeBron, trash. He was, just, he was going down the list. He was just calling everybody, everybody trash. out. Everybody, everybody trash. trash. Um, I don't have anything today, so with that being said, instead of except that concludes another episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. <laughs> As always, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah. 
in four days, we will be celebrating what three years of the Jigsaw being in existence. So thank you, thank you, thank you um, for listening. As you listen to this, when it comes out, it'll be in three days because yeah, we launched on May twenty eighth. So um, yeah. be watching Instagram to see how we celebrate if we celebrate at all. But be watching Instagram and um, <laughs> yeah. But we know seriously though, we can't we couldn't do yeah. any of this without you. We love you. We appreciate you for the people who like, share, comment, subscribe. Um, all of this is possible because of your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Brian? Uh, yeah, continue to like, subscribe. We're on every single platform. So make sure you listen to us, uh, share, uh, let people know how great we are in terms of the podcast is concerned. If you have any questions, comments, concerned, episode ideas, hit us up in the DM. Our team is there waiting for your call. It or goes down your, in the DM. Your DM. Uh, continue to you know interact and engage with our content. Um, five stars, nothing at all. If you're going to rate us, continue to follow Josh. That I am Josh Rogers. Follow Brian. I am Brian Hare. The Jigsaw Podcast on the different social media platforms. Um, that's pretty much it I can think of. Uh, before we head out, Josh, let the people know what they need to do. All you need to do is what you can mm-hmm. while you can, very best ways as you can. But all you're doing, please, 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 do two things mm. this week. Yes. It's getting hot outside. Don't you wear that aluminum free deodorant? Do not. And, and that means that you're not getting caught with your work on, though. <laughs> Love y'all. <laughs> Talk to y'all all next right, week. Peace. <laughs>